What up, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Smell My Bourbon. I'm your host, Mike Sanchez. Today, I'm here with my co-host. Dave Jokes. What's up, Dave? How you been? Long time no see. Been I know. New Year's, I think. What's that? Been uh, about 20-something days? 20-something days. It feels yeah. like forever without you, brother. I know. It, you, you got that bear look going on today. Like that fresh clean. I, I might have done it a little bit too close. No, <laughs> no, no. That happened once before, but I think I'm growing it back out now, so oh, yeah? I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs> so, man, so today we have a really good episode uh, lined up for everybody today. We have, we have, uh, we're, we're drinking some really good bourbon. Dave, you want to tell us about what bourbon we're, smoking, we're drinking today? Yeah, we're drinking some Oak and Eden. Uh, this particular bottle is, um, it's the, it's the Oak and Eden finished whiskey and it's steeped coffee, steeped oak. It's a bourbon and brew. And so they made 308 bottles, and this is, oh, no, this is bottle number 308 uh, that we have. So it, it's a, it's in limited batches. So, and this is 90 proof. And nice. I thought, hmm, a little bit of coffee with my bourbon. Let's do this. Yeah, who can't use a little bit of pick-me-up when they're getting a little yeah. bit sloshy, right? You know, you know what else is nice is that um, Oak and Eden, you can go on their website, and uh, you can design the bottle you can pick one and then design the bottle for yourself you can customize it dude we That's need to do that cool. we need to do yeah. a, a smell my bourbon bottle yeah. that'd be awesome i think this goes for about 60 bucks 60 70 bucks okay so uh, it's, it's not too pricey but it's it's not around that um that range that we're going to be shooting for so we we got a lot of hits from a, a lot of uh listeners and stuff like that and they're like man we love the podcast it's so much fun we like to see a lot more affordable bourbons on there too, because I I think we we kind of try to stay around the sixty seventy range, which is it's it's affordable, but it's it's still a little bit pricey for your everyday drink. Yeah, uh, those are still in our budget, and uh, but I actually googled some that were like less than fifty bucks, and you can go anywhere online and just look up stuff like you know bourbons less than 40 bucks and you'll find some good ones we, i think we've had some we've had some we've had yeah. some that were like 35 bucks or something like that 38 bucks and they were really good uh, bourbons as well so yeah but that's i'm cool i'm excited about this um i'm drinking this one here today because especially when you told me like it has that them them coffee notes i'm like wow that, that's that's something i like because i like that that kind of coffee lingering kind of um taste so I'm excited about that. So, uh, in order to go with this Oak and Eating today, we also went out and we want to, of course, we, we want to pair everything uh, as close as possible as we can to what we feel the taste is going to be like. So, uh, today's cigar is going to be uh, from Stolen Throne Cigars. Um, it's a nice little shop, and uh, the one that we're smoking from them is called uh, Crook of the Crown. So the Crook of the Crown is a it's a Maduro. It's a it's got a, a Maduro wrapper, San Andreas Maduro wrapper. It's got an Indonesian uh, binder. Now, what they were telling me about this wrapper is that it's aged for 10 years. The leaf is aged for 10 years. It's a 10-year nice. aged leaf. Yeah, so that's it. It got that. It's really dry. It's got that nice little color to it already. And then it's it's got a Nicaraguan uh, tobacco uh, filler. So that Nicaraguan that Nicaraguan tobacco filler is supposed to pull. It's got to have. Um, it's going to have your kind of like your your spice, your pepper kind of notes on it. 
and it's supposed to have like a like a kind of creme brulee kind of like finish to it. So it's supposed to help pull that coffee flavor out of the bourbon. So I'm I'm excited to try to try it out today. Um, so yeah. you know this is gonna be I think it's gonna be an exceptional smoke, especially what we're drinking today. And then best of all, like we said, we like to do this show all the time. We like to have um, you know. The whole purpose of Smell My Bourbon is to get y'all to drink, get y'all to smoke, and get y'all to spend time with friends. So today, I'm happy to say that we're, we are we are being blessed with the presence of one of our really, really good friends. Uh, how you doing? Go ahead and say your name, special guest. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? It's Renee Diaz. We in here. From? From H-Town, bro. All around Houston, Texas. From? So when Renee, from Renee Diaz Renee, comedy Renee. and Renee Diaz productions. <laughs> Guy, yeah. you gotta excuse him. He's new at this podcasting thing. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, man. I got my own production company, Renee Diaz Production. Uh comedian Renee Diaz. I'm I'm just Renee Diaz, bro. We're just busting his chops because earlier we were talking about a a, a flyer that he did for one of his open mics and I think his name was stamped all over every corner and in the middle of the damn flyer. And it's like, really, dude? You, you're going to put your it, name on it there that many times? It said, hosted by Renee Diaz, and it had my logo on the side, and it just said, another Renee Diaz production. Okay, my logo has my name on it. So I guess technically my fucking name's on there three times, but... Not technically. Yeah, I like the fact it's that not it technically. another Renee Diaz production. Like, it's kind of redundant already because yeah. it says Renee, Renee Diaz, Diaz comedy, hosted by Renee, Renee Diaz. Diaz just in case y'all forgot... It's another Renee Diaz production. Hosted by Renee Diaz himself. <laughs> like the last one may not have been a Renee Diaz production, but this one for sure is another Renee Diaz. All right, fuckers. I'm going to slap a picture of myself wearing my shirt with my name on it, too, on there. You probably already have one out there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. This guy's got a caricature of himself on his logo. So. He's come over wearing his own shirt before. It's like, really, dude? If I ain't going to wear my own shit, who will? True. He's got a point. He's got, He's a, got point. a point. He's got a point. Buy his merch so we don't have to see Buy it. Buy my merch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get it at ReneeDiaz.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll get your plug and everything at the end of no, it. No, no, for sure. For sure. Get sure. your merch. Thank you all that stuff. So, Renee, um, we know you do comedy. And um, how long have you been doing comedy? How long has this been going on for you, brother? Man, it'll be five years in February next month. Five years already, dog? Yeah. Well, this will probably be be out by the time. All right, February. Yeah, 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 yeah. this will be out by February. Okay, so yeah, five uh, years. It'll be out this week, man. It'll be out by February. It'll be out. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, Wednesday is February. No, right? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, Wednesday's February the first. Damn, rents due. Fuck. <laughs> man life just slaps the shit out of you right away right, yeah, right, right. Right. Time you're drinking bourbon you're like fuck rinse dude <laughs> now that bourbon ain't tasting so good and I'm, glad, not- I'm glad y'all paying me to be here mother. what <laughs> i don't know what he where he got he it, you know what i heard he's doing that affirmation shit if you speak it enough it'll cut he can speak it into fruition i am so I'm he's he wanted to let everybody else know that any podcast from this day forward he, he, he wants to be paid to be on it he received payment with a cigar and some bourbon <laughs> i don't even drink bourbon like that god damn oh you're gonna love this oh yeah you're gonna love it today so you know what let's go ahead and let's get that bourbon pour. let's do that yeah that cork pool like we like Ooh. Right? Oh, right? Yeah. It's like popping a cherry. That's like our favorite part of the whole... For me, that's my favorite part of the show is, is the cork pop. That's it? Yeah, dude. That's I love what we it, live for. It just got that. And you know you're you're into something that like it's going to... Something exciting is going to happen after that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something good. So it's it's always a, a good thing. Uh, what? 
You, you got to wait for everybody to get poured. Oh, you're giving it oh, to yeah, him. Yeah, he's passing, passing it along, brother. Dang. I, thought, I thought you were already starting to try they to cheer somebody. He was already getting somebody. after him. Hey, you got to wait till, you gotta wait till everybody gets some. You can't just start drinking. etiquette here, man. Poor, poor pass, homie. Oh, poor, poor pass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm pouring a little heavy. It'll last us for the for the show. You think it will. It never does. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so I, I don't drink this, though. Y'all don't put it on ice or nothing? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, no, not with that. You got the special snifter glass there. Okay. For, it, that's specially designed for bourbon drinking. So looks um, like one of my nuts, bro. Well, I mean, if you drink yeah, from your yeah, nuts, that's, that's what fine. it looks like. I, you, yeah, you got to go get checked out by funky the looking dog. nut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as far as the tasting notes on this, uh, according to the label, it, you're going to have, of course, the coffee because it's steeped with the coffee. And then some dark chocolate and uh, burnt vanilla, so toasted vanilla. So kind of like a, what is that, uh, French French toast? Not French toast. Creme brulee. Uh, French, uh, French roast. I was, that's what oh, I was French thinking, like roast. a French roast. French toast. Mm, I'm hungry again or something. Getting I don't know. So, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's try this. It's got a nice dark color to it. You notice that? Yeah, that, it, look, that comes it looks from the coffee. like a coffee. Yeah. It's really got a dark kind of like. Almost like um like not a um uh, a stout, right? Yeah, almost. Mm. It's got that. a strong smell. It's di- it's different from what from what we've had in the past. Damn! <laughs> Immediately, you can taste the wood in it. I, I yeah. Hold up! I can taste the wood immediately on it. That, can, that is, can you taste the coffee though? I, I get the coffee on the aftertaste. Yes. I get yeah. that after kind of on the back yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, on the back end. Of, yeah. The back of the tongue is when I get that coffee flavor. That shit made my breath hot. Yeah. It's going to make your butthole hot in here in a little bit. Dude, that is so good, though. Dude, I'm really like, after I, the, that first sip, and I'm just kind of sitting here with it for a little bit, I'm really getting that strong just coffee. That's It, it tastes like I just like I just drank a coffee. Like it, You get that strong wood up front, and then it kind of just like mellows out, and then you just have that, you're left with that lingering coffee flavor. Yeah. Shoot, I'm about to ready to light this up real quick and see how this goes together. So I'm going to light mine up real quick. I don't know about you guys. Go ahead, light up. So, yeah, um, Mike and I had planned on on doing another episode to try to stay consistent and stuff because he says, you know, Dave, he says, you're always always slacking. We need to stay consistent. I said, all right. So I said, I'll give you a date. So we shot for today, which is Sunday. And then he hit me up. He says, why don't you uh, invite Boy Wonder, which is our nickname for uh, Renee here. And it's like, oh, we got to record with that fucker? Really? And he says, yes, Dave, invite him. So I threw out the invite. And so he, here he is joining us, finally. Well, you know, so this is the thing about bringing Renee on here. Because Renee's been always like, when are y'all going to get us out here? When are you going to get me out here, bro? You ain't, never shut, you ain't never hit me up for a for a podcast. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Renee, actually, when he started out, was one of the original uh, Los Comic Capadres with us. Well, actually, it was an addition to the original core. And, uh, and he ran with us for a little while. Then he kind of got his wings and started doing his own thing, and he's he's worked with a lot of great talents over the years. Who's some of the folks that you worked with, Renee? That uh, kind of Dave jokes. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, no, nah, man. I I started doing comedy with Juan Villarreal. That's where I met you for the first time. That you were at the first show, bro. Was I? You were hosting that night. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Over there at the Improv. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that Um, was fun. That was a really fun show. That was a blast. Um, 
Yeah, I've worked with Juan. I've worked with Johnny Sanchez. Um, fucking Paul Rodriguez. I've worked with Valente Rodriguez, Flo Hernandez. The list goes on and on, bro. Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia. Holy shit. Yeah, he's oh, the reason. Yeah, that's the he's the reason that I got linked up with Juan. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So how yeah. that how did you get uh, on with uh, with Carlos? How did that work out? Or how did that come about? It's kind of a long story. I'll give you the short version. Um, Please. I, <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> fucking story. Um, I turned 18 and I was looking at the improv website and I was like, man, who's coming? I want to go see a comedy show for my 18th birthday. I saw that Carlos was coming to town that February, I think, February or March. And um, I got tickets. I looked online, tickets for VIP meet and greet. They were reasonably priced. So I was like, shit, I'm going to go say what's up. You know, I got the VIP meet and greet access i go in there and i'm thinking to myself like i've never met anybody like famous anybody that i've really looked up to that i've seen on tv before and kind of starstruck but i i went in there i was like bro i said it's great to meet you you're the reason that i feel like i can do stand-up like i used to steal your tapes from my parents bedrooms while they were asleep just so i could watch them and laugh my ass off and and he was just like bro like that means the world to me. I'm glad that I made that impact in your life. He goes, uh, when do you want to get started? And I was like, man, I don't know, but hopefully soon. He gives me his email address, his phone number, and everything, and was like, let me know whenever you're ready. A couple years passed by, and uh, I went to go see him every year. And um, I think it was like four years later, he's like, why are you waiting in that line? Like, did you buy tickets to this show? And I was like, yeah. He's Renee, dude, I fucking know you. I know you're going to be here. I love you. Like, don't buy tickets anymore. He goes, and I'm still waiting for that phone call. Like, when are you going to come come do some time, man? And I was just like, I was going to talk to you about that tonight, dude. I think I'm ready. It's like four or five years later, like I said. And he was like, I'm busy right now. I'm on the road. I'm working a lot. He goes, but Juan, v- Juan Villarreal is here, whatever. Uh, and he's like my best friend. I think he's the funniest person in comedy right now. He goes, you, you reach out to him. Matter of fact, Juan. And he calls him over. This kid wants to do uh, comedy. And Juan's like, pull out your phone. Here's my number. Let's work. So I give him my phone. He puts his number in my phone, texts himself. And I was like, okay, I have his number now. What am I going to do? You know, I, I didn't want to bug him. He's a celebrity to me, you know. So I didn't do anything. Uh, with the number until like two weeks later he calls me i'm taking a nap i see my phone ringing i answer it i saw it was Juan, and i was like yo what's up man what's going on he goes hey fucker you know what time texans play and i was like no i'm taking i'm taking a nap right now ah fuck all right hey i have a show tonight bro come coming out and i was like where at the joke joint bro man and i was like okay cool and then from then on, like we talked about it a little bit, and he's like, yeah, I want you to come be around comedy, write a couple minutes, whatever, and that way whenever you're ready, I'll throw you up. All right, cool. A little bit later, um, he calls me a couple weeks later. He's like, hey, man, doing the improv tonight, 8 o'clock, come hang out. All right, cool. I show up, 8 o'clock, we're in the green room chilling, and Juan looks over at me. He's like, what's up, fucker? You ready? And I was like, hell yeah, bro, you're going to kill it. And he goes, no, you're doing five minutes. I was, <laughs> nah, hell no, nah, I remember not. that. Now that you mentioned it, I remember that night. Because mm-hmm. I remember you being like, what? 
And at that time, you were still little. Like he still looked like a kid. Like he looked like he couldn't get into the into the improv by himself. I thought you were going to say I he still looked like, like he couldn't that. get it up. <laughs> hey, I've never had a problem with that. But yeah, he looked he looked really really young back then though. I remember I remember you were just like a little kid. I thought he, dude, this dude's got to be like sixteen years old or something like that. Yeah, yeah I remember that night. You went up and you did do good. You did a good five solid minutes. It was it was good. Thanks, bro. But it was three. <laughs> it was three minutes. It felt like five though. <laughs> wow. Hey, bro, you did a really good job, but it felt like you were up there forever. <laughs> that that standing ovation lasted for two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, look at that. They let the special kids go up there and tell jokes. <laughs> it was my make a wish. <laughs> Who pulled in with a short bus? <laughs> nah, man. It was it, hey. He was nervous. He was scared. I was. Dude, was I had no idea I was doing it, bro. I was like, dude, this is a sold out show. Like, there's no way. And he was like, yeah, go. You don't have a choice. Listen, DJ's like, give it up for this first comedian. Blah blah blah. No, no, no. It was it was you up on stage. You were yeah, like, I was up there. Yeah. You were like, man, give it up. This guy Juan is all about giving people opportunities and da da da. Man, this guy's never done stand-up before. It's his first time. Make him feel welcome. This little dude, man, Renee Diaz. Man, I, I say was, man a lot. <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know. It was a long time ago. But, dude, It's I, been a while, yeah. That was, uh, that was his catchphrase. Now it's awesome. It's always been awesome. It's always been awesome. Mm. It's always been awesome. awesome amazing. I remember it was amazing for a little bit. No, it's always been awesome. Amazing was thrown in there because like, they kept fucking with me about awesome. Uh, but, yeah, no. Um, it wasn't me. It was the diva of the group. You're getting kind of close. The older you get, he does right. He yeah. gets a little bit moodier now that he's getting older. He's, getting, he's turning into a grouch. A little. That's bit. what happens to old people. They they expect certain things, and so if it's diva ish, hey, I'll I'll wear the title. I don't as care. they get older, they realize their time is limited, so they want <laughs> shit right the first time. They don't want to <laughs> waste around with fuck ups. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got time for this. I ain't got ain't time. Got you time. might only get one good one out of me, so you better get it right the first time. <laughs> oh man! All right, so, you, so that was that. For, I, so that was the first show I know, and then after that, Juan hooked you up with us, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I want y'all to hook up with with Renee, the little scum compadres," and then you started working around with us. You told me about the open mic that night that y'all had at Fusion. Yeah, on yeah, Sundays. Yeah. It was and Sundays. I remember going for the first time, and and it was a really good turnout. That's where I met Dave and. I can't get him to stop calling me now. Fuck. Well, he does have a thing for young boys, so. It's all good, though. It's <laughs> Hey, now, take it easy. Take it easy. Nah, but uh, that one, that, that, that next mic, I don't think you were there. It was me, Dave, Steven Padilla, Adrian. It was all of us, man. And we had uh, about four other comics. Yeah. That showed up, and we had a little bit of a crowd. That was the most people I ever seen at that open mic. <laughs> yeah, well, that open mic didn't last it, it, very it long. It died either. quick. Yeah, it was, that room was never meant for open mics. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was just something. They it, it was to an do. experiment. It was something we wanted to try, and so sometimes it doesn't always work out. But hey, yeah, not all the time. Not all the time does it work tried out. It. So that that's cool. So that's what got you in, and so after that, you started working more with Juan. I, I know you started kind of touring with him a little bit. Yeah, I was his assistant man where i would go and like help sell merchandise help make sure tables are where they need to be you know doing half the club the shit the club should have been doing but um no yeah i mean we did san antonio del rio uh austin dallas we we went all around texas man and and did some shit i worked with 
Polar Bear, John Gonzalez. Yeah, John Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of people, man. And and yeah, I mean, I really, it was a fun run. And that was all happened in 2019. And then 2020 hit, the vid killed everything. And then I started like coming back 2021 and 22, 23. And so that's when you came out with Renee Diaz Productions? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's good. That's good stuff. So, what have y'all been doing so far? Like, what do you, what do you, what have you been putting together with Renee Diaz Productions? Renee Diaz Productions has uh, two rooms right now. One room is strictly for shows, mm-hmm. and that's at Saloon Door Brewing in Webster. And we've been doing uh, a monthly show there. We try and do it every last Friday of the month, and um, it's been good, man. We started that. I think the first show was Cinco de Mayo of twenty three. Yeah, it was a showcase. Yeah, it was a showcase local, show. Local showcase. So was that because it was like an all Mexican thing? So Cinco de Mayo was that significant to you? Yeah, yeah, but it was just like it was something to like. We'll do a trial run, you know. Let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Right. And we had a really good turnout, man. And uh, I just decided, okay, if I can get people in here monthly like that. Wait, was it? It was a Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. May fourth. No, Cinco de Mayo. May fourth. Are you sure? Yeah, because it was Star Wars. Remember. I was at that show. They had a ma- they had the Star Wars people and everything. Like people were there dressed up in Star Wars costumes yeah. and stuff. It was All May the nerds. 4th. Yeah, I think they were having the. Um, you made me look it up. Yeah, look it up. No, see that Friday was Cinco de Mayo. Well, then I guess they tied it over. They, they tied, they tied it, it in. over the next day because. I remember going there and there was everybody dressed up like Star Wars characters. They had stormtroopers and all kinds and of stuff. And I, like I was I was cool. wondering, I was like, why are y'all gonna do that? May the fourth is a Thursday. But they have um trivia night or something on Thursdays. Yeah, so they just tied it into the Cinco de Mayo, which I mean, being from Texas, so close to Mexico, that Cinco de Mayo is a big thing here mm-hmm. in the Houston area because we have such a big Hispanic population. We have a bunch of Tex Mex restaurants. And white people love their Tex-Mex. They love their their Coronas and their let's uh, be honest, dude. Cuervo. Americans like any excuse to get drunk. Cinco de Mayo, St. Patrick's Day, birthdays, anniversaries. Mm. It doesn't matter. Divorce Your kid loses parties. a tooth. Hey, let's drink. Fuck this. <laughs> Baby showers. Baby showers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. any excuse to have a drink. Yeah, Excessive man. drinks. Um. So, Cinco de Mayo, it, it went really well. Um, and then we had a couple shows after that. And I wasn't as consistent as I'd like to be. I canceled a couple shows just due to different things, different reasons. Um, well, but you had you had a headliner cancel. I had a headliner cancel on me, but that I can't say anything control. about that. Yeah. yeah. And then there was one show where uh, I think you set up, and it was like last minute. Yeah, the room, the room double, double booked. Yeah. Damn, is Dave your PR guy? Because he seems to know more about your shows than you do. Man, that's I'm because they you. were they were cl- they were fairly recent. It was uh, the September show that we couldn't do because of the the cancellation, and then um, December they double <coughs> double booked, and then well, they got I, at I me. know that because the headliner was someone that I had suggested to him, right? Which we still need to. You st- we I'll, say we. I'll you, bring him back. You still need sure. to bring. There they go. There. See, now I know. The brain's behind the Rene Diaz production over there. Well, I say we because everything always comes full circle because now with Los Comedy Compadres, we've kind of expanded into a couple other venues. Mm-hmm. And what we've added 
two more? Yeah, we'll talk about that later in the show yeah. tonight. I, I, I was planning on getting into those uh, okay. new venues and stuff. Well, like before that. we even get into that, I will say that Los Comedy Compadres really contributed to Rene Diaz Productions. I mean, dude, y'all showed me the ropes. Um, right, and so that's what I wanted to get into. That now that you're talking about that, because I was going to get into that next after we got done hearing about that. But what I was going to say is, yeah, I remember your May your May fifth show, right? And I remember seeing your face and how you didn't have time to talk to nobody. You're stressing out. I remember that day going and seeing that and being so happy in the corner when I was sitting down like, yeah, motherfucker, now, now you he know. knows. Now, now you know. Knows. Because know. y'all used to give me so much shit when we used to do shows over there at, at Fusion back mm-hmm. in the day when I'd be stressing out. And Renee was always like, oh, come on, man. Come on, Mike. Chill just out, calm man. down. Chill out, dog. What are you talking about, man? Hey, it's going to be all right. I'm like, nah, dude, you got to get. Ah, oh, man. You, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be cool. Trust me. I, I understand. And then now. To see that 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 complete one eighty right there, like he's just like stressing out. I'm like Renee, calm down. Hold on, man. I ain't got time. I got I got to count these tickets. I <laughs> it was like aha. Now you see, it's it's a big difference, right? Being it, yeah. from being on a show versus actually producing and putting on and uh, putting a show together. Yeah, most definitely. And I I've noticed every time, and like you said, it goes full circle, man. I've noticed every time that I get into my head about it or I start thinking too much, stressing too much, I'm like nah, like. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna happen regardless. We're gonna have this show, you know. If I if I lose money, fuck it, I lose a little bit of money. Uh, but that's not what I'm worried about. These people paid, they're gonna get their show, and that that's that's the most important thing at hand. Um, and I do I think a lot about what you tell me or what you've told me in the past. This about what you said, man. It's just it's a lot. That goes. It's a lot that goes into it, bro. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to put it into words, and I can't because it's all the behind the scenes stuff. People don't yeah. see it, man. They don't see it. I get there th- this Friday after the show, uh, before the show. I went and got there two, three hours early, just to make sure I set, set up. up tables, mm-hmm. put the stage together, lighting, and I was freaking out because my DJ he was running late, and I was like, bro, I should already have music in here. People are gonna start seating. I had two tables in there before the DJ even got there. Which, not a big deal. The weather was terrible. I don't blame him. But that added to my stress level. And I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And I just said, you know what? He'll be here. Well, you know. We'll start the show. Yeah, you start the show. If you don't have a DJ, it's not the end of the world because the draw is the comedy. Mm-hmm. The, the the DJ and the music is just, you know, yeah, see, icing that, on the cake. That's where you're wrong, though. Well, that's where, no. That's where you're wrong because, yes, the, the thing is the comedy. But when you're booking at a venue, the venue expects music to be playing because playing and music at the venue like that invites the people in mm-hmm. and encourages them to drink and encourages them to do other things. So if you don't have the music going on when the event, when the people are coming in and everything like that, then it's kind of an awkward feeling because they use that music. People use music to mask them to master conversations. Yeah. If it's too quiet where everybody can hear everybody. They're less likely to talk. They're less likely to socialize. They're less likely to start drinking. It just feels yeah. awkward. Well, exactly. the the point I was trying to make was that even if the DJ doesn't show up, you're still going to have the show. Oh, you still definitely. have to have the show. You want to have the DJ in place. And like Mike says, to have the music going because, you first of all, you want to create a, a, a party atmosphere. You, you want it to get going. So if you have a crowd that's energized and that's having a good time before the show starts, then you're going to have a good crowd and that that's what you want to work towards. But sometimes ha- things happen and you know, you just got to make the best of it and say, all right, we're going to roll regardless. I will say one thing, man. Once everything was set into place Friday night, 
I felt it. I was like, okay, cool. We're about to start this show. The room is packed out. Let's get it. Bro, I turned nice that feeling, right? I turned that light off. My music starts playing. And normally I'll run up on stage. But I was like, yeah, I'm gonna so- I'm gonna soak this in. You saw, dude, it took me like a couple minutes to get to the stage. Well, I was just walking. <laughs> there was too many people for you to try to run up on stage because you had to navigate around the seats. Too many people for you to run, fucker. I'm slim. I can <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and but- the fat shaming begins. <laughs> nah, uh, but no, I just took my time, bro. I walked up there. When I got to the stage, I jumped on it. Man, what's going on? And I demanded that energy from the crowd, bro. And there was there was one table. I don't know if you saw them. They were sitting behind you, uh, kind of like back behind the DJ booth. It was two white ladies. Yeah, I saw that. Dude, table. they looked at me when I hit the stage, and they were like, like just gave me a look, like what the fuck? Who is this? This motherfucker's gonna rob us for real. Look bro. at him. He looks. He looks. Like he just got out of a a Drake video. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up there and asks them for a loan and shit. Oh, dude, I was like, I was like, hell yeah! I was like, man. And I said, I was like, man, white people, I'm glad to see y'all came out. And then I had a couple of white people laughing. And this one chick, I don't know why, somebody said, hallelujah. I said, oh, shit, we got church people in the audience. Y'all going to hate me. And they started laughing. And I was like, man, the one that said hallelujah, what do you do for a living? You're a white lady. What do you do? She goes, I'm I like a- the way y'all keep in, 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 in the white lady and the white people and white lady. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, realize we have white listeners too. <laughs> hey, fuckers, hey, if you're white and you're listening. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Motherfucker driving that helicopter's white. I gotta, gotta let this go by. I can edit. That. So, for those who haven't figured out, we are recording outside today. And unfortunately, we're recording outside. We're uh, subjected to the, uh, the, 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 Turbulences and noises going along, so yeah. we got a helicopter going by. The there. environment here—that's because I'm not allowed to smoke inside. Mike's more free with his his house. That's so, right. I run my castle, so yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Mike said, "Dick run this house." Hey, I tell you what, and I tell my wife all the time, Dick pays for everything, and I'm, I'm dead ass serious about it. Every single time we we uh, it comes down to, to to payment time, we we need money for uh you know for the mortgage or for the light bill and shit like that. You'd be surprised how much, how many times my comedy money has come and saved the day. And I'd be telling my wife, them dick jokes that we're paying you. Dick could be, dick, dick puts food in her mouth. Dick puts lights in her overhead. I thought dick you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, I'll be slanging dick on Bissonette. <laughs> Dude, I'd be slinging dick on stage. <laughs> on stage, <laughs> yeah. On stage. And it ain't even a big dick, it's a little dick. And it still pay for all this shit. Imagine if that motherfucker was big, how much he would pay for? Oh, man. I'd probably get a card note out of it. <laughs> You got to stop saying that, bro. I learned something this past weekend. What? Javi Luna said, yeah, big guys just don't have little dicks. They're just very well insulated. Yeah, that, That's they are. a myth. So, <laughs> uh, no, that, so this is the deal. And I told this joke a long time ago, too. <laughs> <laughs> big guys are like turtles, whereas 50% of dick is behind the belly. If you push that belly out of the way, dude. Pokes out. That motherfucker. <laughs> well, I have the whole joke about yep. pushing the stomach down and it popping out. Uh-huh. I found this out for, and this is a fact. See, I've always I've been telling this joke forever, but I found out it was a fact the other day when I did a CAT scan because they did a CAT scan in my lower area, mm-hmm. and so it just happened to cover that general area. And so the doctor's like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're looking at this, and you can see right there. This is your." I was like, "What is that?" He goes, "Well, those are your testicles." I'm like, what? He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "That long thing right there, that's your penis." <laughs> like my motherfucker's big. <laughs> that bit had to be at least nine inches. Doctor, like I got that much penis. 
Where, where's it at? You I can only see two inches of it. I really, yeah, I only see three. The other six are hidden. But it's in there, and I got the proof. You know, the picture <laughs> proof of that bitch is big. You just got to pull it out. Well, you just got to pull on it. Oh, yeah. You can keep a, uh, uh, like an ultrasound picture in your wallet. Yeah, hey, look. This, is what, this is. is what you could have when lost 100 right. pounds. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, no. It, so, it, it's it's funny you said that either way. Yeah, so, um, real quick uh, side note, though. The cigar. How, what are you thinking about the cigar? I like. I like their. Uh, I like this brand. What the Stolen Thrones? Yes, yeah, Stolen. Yeah, Thrones. I've had their cigars before. I've never had this one. One of the things I like about them, and you know me, I'm, I, I, uh, for me, aesthetics is big. Right. And they're a minimalist kind of company as far as their label goes, but it doesn't bother me because all you see is like a crow on top of a crown, but it's a good cigar. It's yeah. a really good cigar. I, I, I like. like the, it. I like the flavor profile. On this I one. like it because it's a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. But it's smooth. It's, it's a medium it's a to a full good, body yeah. uh, Maduro. It definitely is that. It's got a uh, to me. It's, it's smooth and and I'm actually um, so the beginning of it. I got like right off the right off the the beginning of that first pull, dude. I got heavy pepper dog. Yeah, yeah. I had like it, it, it teared my eyes up mm-hmm. off the first that first pull. But as I smoked it down now, I'm probably about maybe um, I probably got about three quarters of it left. So I've already smoked off the first quarter. Um, it's getting I'm getting more of that mellow cream. It's going great with the bourbon. Have you tried it with the bourbon yet? Yeah, I dipped it. Dipped it? Yeah, yeah dipped it, it's it. good. It, it definitely brings out that. It, it brought out that um, more of that coffee flavor. Yeah, so you yeah. dip the tip, the back end of it, just barely what? dip it in, just a little bit in it, and it kind of gives you that, like, um, you'll get that little, um, the bourbon and, and the cigar mixing together on that first pull, and it, it's actually pretty nice. Okay. This one right here, I think, would be another good one. Like, um, remember when we did ENA cigars? Oh, you weren't at ENA cigars. No, but I have had their the the that one. So when we did their when we did their place there, their their dad he hooked it up and was like, "Hey, look, man," he goes, "Dip in the back of some Cuban coffee," and, and and dude, it turned that cigar into like a dessert. I feel like this would have that same effect if we were to dip this one with a Cuban coffee. It would definitely give you like a a dessert kind of flavor to it, a very sweetness. It has a very a very nice sweetness at the end of it. Yeah, at the end of the pool, you get that sweetness in with the with the with the bourbon and everything on it. It's a, it's a good combination. I'm loving it. I'm the, thinking this is this is probably, and this is only a ten dollar cigar. It's a ten dollar fifty cent for the for the longer ones. Yeah, and uh, dude, for the value, this this is a this is a damn good. This is something you should keep in your humidor for like for for yeah. a once a day smoke, whatever like that. I started definitely would keep these. I started following them on Instagram because the first time I smoked their cigars, um, they had a limited edition one, and I forgot what it was called, but. A percentage of their a percentage of the sales on on that particular cigar went to um, like an animal shelter, right? Oh, that's cool. So I, I bought a couple of them, and when I smoked it, it was really good. And I went back two days later, right? They had just got a batch in. I went back two days later to get some more, and the guy says, "Sorry, man, we're out." The Argos, uh, maybe it was the Argos. That's that's the one it is because yeah. it, it, it it's for a. Uh... It, it it was the, it goes to a rescue organization. So yes, it was animal rescue organization. Yeah, and it was like, oh man. So I don't know. I don't know if they still are making it or or they have any more or they're going to bring it back. But I would definitely go get some of those. I definitely want to try that one now that you mentioned it because that one just looking at it here it has like a, a habano a Maduro. So that's going to be a, a more of a, a like a Cuban kind of flavor to it. And it's got a, a Nicaraguan binder and the filler. Yeah. So that's gonna that'd be uh, that'd be interesting. Oh. That won't have the spice. That's gonna have more of a. That's gonna be more of a cream kind of leathery kind of leathery, flavor yeah. to it. Yeah. A little smoky. Yeah. So uh, the Indonesian, I think the Indonesian wrappers what gives it the, uh, the kind of cream kind of spice note. So that's where you get that that strong spice on these ones here. 
Uh, yeah, so. whenever I first took my first drag out of it, it was, it kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, ooh, because like you said, I got a lot of pepper. It was spicy. I was like, man, I'm not gonna like this. But uh, the more I, the more I smoke on it, man, it's it's getting a lot better. Like you said, it's getting a lot more mellow. It yeah, well, we, yeah, we've yeah. been we've been wanting to get you on actually because we know that you smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't do much as far as the bourbon goes, so it was like I didn't tell you you were gonna be on, uh, on smell my bourbon because uh, I wanted it to be a surprise. And it's like, uh, I don't drink bourbon, but you're drinking it now. So I'm drinking it right now. I don't, what, what do you, do you think, think about, about it? this one? When in Rome. Um, I don't know, man. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a bourbon drinker. I don't drink this stuff. I drink beer, bro. Like Right, right, right. Um, so to me, like I said earlier, it made my breath hot. I feel like a dragon. But <laughs> so it's, it's got a strong, it's got kind of a strong, uh, it, it's really strong. Yeah. But I can see where y'all are saying like coffee, like it's like, a black, aftertaste. Yeah, like a black coffee aftertaste that it gives you. And then like, I'm getting spicy. I'm getting like a, what is it? Cinnamon? I guess. Maybe, maybe I, I haven't got the cinnamon. I, cinnamon. I haven't got it. I get, um, so on the initial drink, I usually, I get, I get, I get wood. That's what I was gonna say. Very rustic. Is you get how, wood. Yeah, that's you how get I wood. Describe. Physical wood or you taste wood. <laughs> it tastes wood. Oh, okay. But man, the smell of it, dude. I'm already towards the end of it. It's opened up a little bit now, dude. It's got like a vanilla scent yeah, to it, dude. That is so good. It smells sweet. Yeah, it smells really sweet, but it's not because a lot of people will smell it and think, "Ooh, this is gonna be really sugary." This but is not a bad. Not. This is not a bad bourbon. Yeah, this is definitely something that uh that I, I kind of like. You know, I mean. It, it, it's it's different it's it's not your it's not my typical bourbon that, that we normally drink and stuff like that so you know i actually forgot that you guys do the smell my bourbon podcast i knew y'all had a podcast together i just forgot it's all like about bourbon and cigars so i was thinking to myself before i left the house today i was like man i should probably take some beers just to chill with the guys and i'm glad i didn't because this is this is interesting it's something new because i would have been drinking my beer right now and i would have never tried that so so, what do you think about it so far? Are you liking it, or I mean, I something do. that you might look into later on, or maybe maybe not not, not something maybe something not so heavy. Probably, yeah. yeah, something a little lighter just to get my you know, feet wet. Big stick bourbon would have gone. I think he would have liked that one. You know what you had that one time? I don't know if it was a bourbon. It was uh, that Tennessee whiskey, that honey shit that you had. Which that, one was that? Oh man, was it Tennessee or I took a picture of the bottle? It's that caramel one. It was the a salted uh, caramel, probably. Probably, yeah, and that's more oh, like the a one they call Old Smoky. That shit, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. and that's, that was that's more like a dessert. That's a kind sea of... salt caramel. I like it. I that just, was yeah. good. Throw some ice on it. it is like it's a dessert. I gave you some, and it says, "Man, this would go great on some ice cream." So my buddy bought me uh, another buddy of mine. He brought me this uh, Texas pre- uh, uh, pecan praline uh, uh, bourbon, right? And dude, that thing was so sweet. It was so good. Man, I took a scoop of vanilla ice cream and just poured a little bit of the bourbon over it. Oh yeah, dude, it was good. It was like eating a, a like a pecan praline uh, ice cream, Ooh. and then you got a little buzz at it at the end of it too. Fuck Made like yeah. a little alcohol floaty, buddy. <laughs> it was sweet. I was being a fat boy and a lush at the same time. <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> it hit hey. all my favorite notes. That's it. That's <laughs> it. In all those senses, man. Oh yeah. But no, I'm I'm glad you're joining us tonight with today with this and everything like that. I'm 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 enjoying this uh, bourbon, like I said. So it's it's Oak and Eden. Uh, it's the bourbon and brew. So this is actually so when it says steeped, 
uh, coffee steeped oak. Does that mean that the oak was taken and kind of like just dipped in coffee? Is that what it means by steep? Because like I, when I say when I hear steep, I think of like tea. When you steep the tea, and, and it's basically you take the bag and you just like dip the bag in. You right. don't let it sit in there. You just kind of dip it until it uh, uh, kind of like blends into it so i'm well, guessing it's, that's it's, what that means with this too I, i'm not sure exactly how they do it what their version of steeped is uh because it's supposedly it's a cold brew coffee so right. it, it could be that they taken it and they just kind of dipped Dip it in the there. barrels in it probably. yeah dipped it and into then the filled barrels. it in with the bourbon yeah and then and then took it out and so that's how you get that or we yeah. won't know till we visit their uh their distillery we'll have to one day that that'd be a cool little spot to go hell yeah bourbon <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll be saying that after the second glass i ain't taking a second glass i'm just uh, like, letting it i don't even know how to drink this shit i'm just letting it touch my tongue for the notes yeah that's all you do is you test it oh, you shit a little taste and me and you've been drinking about the same same amount of time and you're almost done you're tossing it back we're professionals, man. Y'all, y'all really drinking it. Oh, there goes the top. There goes the top. <laughs> All right, put it in there. Right. Oh. So normally, what we like to do on the show here is after you know we get done with the introductions and stuff like that, we do the bourbon and we talk a little bit about cigars. We kind of like just get into just you know what's going on and kind of like uh, life topics and stuff like that. So I know you're asking about topics for the day, yeah. And you know. We never really had, we, we've always gone to the show and we've always been like, man, Dave, we're going to prepare for this next show. Mm-hmm. We're going to write down topics and this and that. But we never ever get to that. We never get to that point of topics. We just, it, it just, maybe because we're both older and we just don't even think about it. But like, it's like, we never really have a set, set topic. It's just so a it's got like It's got like, it's almost like a riff most of the time. But I was thinking about this as we were drinking and we were smoking here. And I was thinking like, man, you know, it's kind of, we got like basically, Three different generations here today on the on the on the table. You know, mm-hmm. we got Dave's generation. You know, <laughs> my generation, and we got your generation. Bro, Dave has lived like three of my lives already. Literally. <laughs> How old are you? Twenty-seven. Okay, two and a half. Probably because I, I just had a birthday this month, so I turned fifty-nine. I'm knocking on sixty. So this is the thing I was talking about. So this is where I was going at here. We're all dads. You're uh-huh. about to have a new baby right now. I am. Got one on the so way. So that's what I kind of want to talk about, like child raising in, in from different generations and different mentalities here. Like, for example, you already have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. How old are they now? Seven and three. Seven and three. So seven and three, two kids right now, seven and three. And they're both girls, right? Two. So you have nothing but girls. I have nothing but girls. The next one's a, a, a girl, too, man. Another girl, dog? Fuck, yeah. If you, hey, if, he wanted if, a boy, If you want too. a daughter, bro, tell your wife to hit me up. I don't miss. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> hey, 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 he well, wanted a boy. On that same note, dude, if, if you need a boy, like, I I'm got you, dog. I'm I your man because you. I can get you one. <laughs> I already told him. Hey, you need you need a uh, what a designated hitter? Bruh, I want to know, am I hitting it wrong? (laughs) Is there like a certain position I'm supposed to be in? That's what I hear. So that's what I'm wondering too. Because they say the woman makes the boy. Woman's on top doing the work. She makes the boy. But if, if, then. No. The guy is the one that controls the. uh, Yeah, I I understand that. But just like, it's a, it's a uh, saying that the woman being on top it I, I don't know if there's gravity pulls that Y chromosome down. I, I don't. I have no idea. But yeah, dude, I'm trying to. Figure I don't something think there's out. any truth to that because uh, 
I don't think so either because if yeah. I if I like if I, if I remember correctly, the night that we conceived, if it's if <laughs> this it's the, little guy down back, I if remember. it's the night that I think, I think that's what we try. I don't know. Fuck, I, gotta, I don't know. I got a cousin that uh, this has, bourbon got me talking too much. He has I think five kids and two of them are girls. And I asked him, I was like, so how did you do it? And he says, uh, I had one sock on and one sock off. <laughs> I haven't tried that one. Well, it's too late for me. I can't even try it. So it's not. Well, you got work. nothing but boys, anyways. I know, yeah, but dude, if I fucking... wanted, no, but he that's he that's how he he said he got a daughter. So oh, so you wanted a daughter? We wanted a daughter. Yeah, Tristan, really. Tristan, the last one was supposed to be a, a girl, right, man. It didn't no, work. You know, this generation, it ain't nowadays, too late. You can still get your wish. It ain't too you late. Gotta, you just gotta nudge him. You just gotta nudge him into that direction. No, nah, that. Hey, fa- son, have you ever thought about maybe I don't know nah, a little bit of blush, maybe that, some makeup? That factory is <laughs> shut down. I can't even. Try no, I'm it. saying you can still convince them to turn that way. Nah, Tristan. <laughs> like, nah. Tristan, you can't convince that guy. He's trying to get into into them. Hey, it's easier to get into them when you're in them. You know what I'm saying? When you're in that group, Fuck it's yeah. a lot easier, bruh. I, I and I've had this conversation too because like we really wanted a boy. We were devastated when we heard it was a girl. And Mika, if you're listening to this later on in life, I'm blessed to have you. Whatever, but it's the bourbon talking. Your mom and I really wanted a little boy, so we're we're just. In our feelings, right? Looking at each other, like, man, what are we gonna do? It's another girl, like. Yeah, but you're 27, dog. You know I what know, you do, right? I know, but shit, Try I don't. Again. I don't want to, man. These fuckers are expensive. <laughs> All this comedy money is gonna go to quinceañeras. Mm-hmm. Fuck no! Like my boy Diego says, he's got four girls. That's four quinceañeras. They're never gonna see. <laughs> 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 oh man! Shout out Texas Chuckle, bro. I love you to death, man. But no, um. So so we're sitting there, and then we go to her mom's house, and they're like, how do y'all feel? It's a girl, da-da-da. And we're like, we, we're still trying to process it. We really wanted a boy. Like, we really, I had tricked myself into thinking, there's no way it's not a boy. So whenever I got the news, dude, I was heartbroken. Did you cry? I, I had the knot in my throat. I really wanted to cry, bro. Um, he cried. No, I, I, I wanted to. I, I, I tried to cry because I was like, fuck it, I'm just let it out. You know, I like this. I'm going to tell you why I like this, why I like the honesty from you right now. Because when people are having kids and you always ask them, what do you want? You want a boy or a girl? Everybody's like initial response is, I just want a healthy baby. Yeah. I just want a healthy baby. That's a motherfucking lie. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you're being honest about it. Dude, I, because I, you knew exactly what you wanted. You got the opposite of what you wanted. And you're and you're at least you're comfortable enough to express it. I was a little bit disappointed. I wanted I wanted a boy. I got a girl. <laughs> you think oh, that cigar too hard? Bro, I accidentally inhaled. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Newbie. Yeah, he, just, he just took that cigar like it was a cigarette. I did, bro. <laughs> fuck. He thought he was vaping. Yeah, I, was I thought fatty. I hit a nerve right there, dog. His eyes were tearing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, thought, I got him sensitive. I thought he was. No, but I me, didn't cry then, but I'm going to cry right now. Get it out. Fuck it. No, bro. And that's the thing is. Her parents, whenever I told them, they kind of got a little put off because I was like, no, I'm not happy. I'm not. I'm very upset. I was I was angry. And and I realize now, dude, the most important thing is, yes, if she's healthy. But I'm not going to lie and say I didn't want a baby boy. I wanted to I wanted to do the whole baseball coach thing. I wanted to fucking Softball, man boxing i wanted to you know be but rough you, with so them. this is the thing though this so i get that 
But nowadays, the way things are going and the way things are, man, girls nowadays are just as aggressive as boys. Like, you know what? You could do softball. You can do soccer. You can do uh, a boxing and, and martial arts. Like, women are into that stuff now. That's what they mean by the steep. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Dave was just showing me the bottle. And inside the bottle, there's a stick. And I'm guessing that stick is what was steeped into the coffee that's giving it the flavor now. Probably. So, that yeah. makes sense. All right. Sorry about that. I, I got sidetracked with nah, Dave. We're like dude, showing the bottle, showing the bottle. That's what the fucking podcast is about. I totally but you, understand. But you get all that though. You can you can still do that. And that's what I was getting at, bro. Because I was I told you know the in laws. I'm like, man, I, this is what I wanted. I, I this is why I wanted a boy. You know, I had a name picked out. I had already went to go find outfits that I was gonna buy him and and everything, right? And um, so uh, you think you jinxed it? Maybe. Maybe, maybe by, by, by too much, like already planning for the boy, get everything ready for the boy, and then I promise you, and I've never been more sure of this in my life, and that's why I was so emotional about it, that's why I was so devastated about it. Was I literally tricked myself into believing there is no possible way I'm gonna have a girl, like like at all. So whenever I got the news, I'm telling them like I wanted this, I wanted that, I wanted this, I wanted that, and they were like, well, okay, but it's a girl. Like just accept that and, and wish for a, a a healthy baby. I said no, 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 I get it. I get that, and I'm gonna get there because that is the most important thing. But let me have a moment, you know. Yeah. And um, and then I was like, man, you know what? I started thinking. It's 2024, dude. I can be rough with her. I can put her in the martial arts, the boxing, the baseball, softball, you know, basketball. We can still be the active daddy daughter, you know, right. duo. And um, and then of course they were like, man, but you never know, man. What if what if she gets too many uh. She gets into it too much and she starts to think she's a, she's a boy. You know, it's, it's, 2024. it's 2024. That could happen. And I was like, bro, to be honest, I don't, I don't care about other people's views on that shit. You do you, LGBTQRS, whatever. Elemental P. That shit. I'm, I'm cool with it. You do you. I've never been opposed to it, opposed of it, whatever. But in this situation, I would accept my kid. Hell yeah. You want to be a boy? Let's do it. You know what your right. name would have been? <laughs> you know, like, hey, well, did you find David. a way to kind of incorporate that name into a female's name? No, no, no. So, yes. out of curiosity, what was the name? The name was Ezra. I was gonna name him Ezra. Ezra, like yeah. the actor? I don't know. The Ezra. guy that plays the Flash, right? Ain't that his name Ezra? I don't know. It sounds like a jazz player. Uh, well, I was gonna name him Ezra. Uh, it's because we were looking at names, and and you could still done it. I, I feel like that name could have gone boy or girl. Honestly, yeah. color Lesra. Lesra. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Hey, then you talk about talking into fruition, Lesra. <laughs> you know, and, and I think about it, bro, and it's, it might not be too late for the two girls I have now, man, because my oldest, she Tom doesn't. boy like crazy, huh? Nah, nah, super no. girly. girly girl, man. She's so sassy. and So I, a lot of that comes, I think, from the mom, though, honestly. Bruh, like if the, if when the mom is very girly, then they're going to be very girly. And whenever I see her talking to me, it could be anything. Dad. Dad, so we were at recess today, and and Rosa did this, and and Kimberly did that, and she talks with her little head and throws her arms and everything, and I'm like, okay, like, damn, you just like your mom, bro, like, stop doing so much, just talk to me, right? But I mean, you could tell, dude, she's she's super girly. Now my youngest right now, Diana, that's a little gangster, bro. Oh yeah, she's a gangster, gangster for real. It's always a little one. The younger one's always the more gangster than the than the original. Hell yeah! How, how many times have you had to go up to her school? 
I ain't ever, man, let me tell you. I personally, I've never been up to her school other than to pick them up um, from, you know, dismissal or whatever. But this, I know what you're talking about. This story, I called Dave immediately. I was like, bro, what do I do, dog? So this was right around Christmas time, just passed. They were coming to my house for the weekend. And Diana was being bad in school, man. She was just being bad. And she you can't tell her nothing. She, if you tell her something and you get after her, she's going to test you. So <laughs> she, I guess her mom was like, all right, baby, you know, I'm going to drop you off. You're going to go see your dad for the weekend. I'll see you on Sunday, whatever. So she, all, all she heard was, I'm going to dad's house. She thinks she's on vacation. Boom, <laughs> it starts. Dad don't care. He don't give a shit. Dad I can do whatever a, I want. Dad don't give a fuck. Thug mode activated. Dad's dad's right now still drop still in distress because he have another girl. So I got that <laughs> shit, bro. So, anyways, she goes to school. I'm working late. I was on in the woodland somewhere. And so my girl Mel, she goes up to the daycare. She goes and picks him up, and um, I'm on the phone with her because I'm driving home from the woodlands. And um, she gets there, and I hear the teacher. She's like, "Hey, you're uh, Diana's stepmom, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." Well, I need to have a, a word with you. So then she's like, okay. And then she, I guess she put me in her pocket. So I didn't hear everything. And I just hear, oh, I'm so sorry on this, that. I catch little pieces of it. And she goes, well, her dad's on the phone right now if you want to speak with him. And she goes, okay, yeah. So she gives the lady my, the phone. I'm on. I'm like, hello? And then in the background, I hear, hey, Diana, no, stay here. I'm talking to your dad on the phone. I want you to hear that I'm talking to your dad. So I was like, what's going on? And the teacher's like, well, Diana's had some behavior issues all week this week. Today, I'm assuming she knew that she was going to your house because I told her, hey, baby, sit down. You know, it's story time. We're all going to sit in a circle. So she sits in the circle, figures out she's tired of listening to the story. So she jumps up and starts running around the room. Daddy, 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 daddy. I'm going to daddy's house. And she's just doing circles. <laughs> And all the kids are laughing at her, you know what I mean? So she has a little audience. And so, Diana, sit down. Go to timeout. And she's like, I don't want to go to timeout. I'm going to daddy's house. Diana, go to timeout. So she goes to the little timeout section, whatever. She goes, I'm watching her as I'm reading the story. And I see her creep out of timeout little by little. And then she just takes off. Boom. Daddy, daddy, daddy. So I was like, oh, man, she's got a, uh, the lady's like, she has an audience. I'm going to put her in my office. So she puts her in the office, right? As soon as they get in the office, she goes, hey, what's that? She goes, I have a nativity scene on my desk. And I was like, that's decorations. Don't touch it. So she goes, okay, I'm not going to touch it. So she sits there. She's in timeout, whatever. She's like, the lady goes, well, I had to go check on the other students. So I step out of my office for two minutes. I come back and Diana's covering her mouth. Like laughing, like snickering. And I'm like, the whole time I'm trying to hold my laugh because I already know she did some stupid shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, she goes, uh, she goes, when I come back, I notice that she's snickering. I'm like, what are you laughing at? And she does, she goes, nothing. I'm in timeout, like you said. Am I being good? And then she goes, yeah, you're being good, but you shouldn't be in timeout in the first place. So then she notices Diana look towards the desk. So she looks. In the time that she was out of the room, Diana had grabbed each and every little fucking piece of the nativity scene and turned it the opposite way. <laughs> so she goes, did you touch that? And she goes, yeah. 
like, hey, at least she was honest. It's so pretty. <laughs> I'm going to my daddy's house. And so she's like, I don't know what's going on at your house, why she's so excited or doesn't feel like she needs to listen, this and that. And I was like, bro, what do I say? I'm sorry that my kid is excited to come to my house. Like, I'll talk to her about her behavior, but there's not really much I can do right this second. I'll talk to her. Okay, well, I'll just to let you know, I'm already texting her mom, this, that, and the third. I said, all right, cool. Let her handle it her way. I'll handle it my way, and, and it'll be good. Bro, I get a phone call, like, seconds after I hang up with the teacher. And it's the baby mama. She's like, I said, and I answer it, trying to be cool, like, play with her. I'm like, man, what's up with your kid, dog? My kid, my kid that's excited to go to your house, and she's acting a damn fool in school because you let her do whatever the fuck you want at your house. She's going off on me, dog, and I'm like, what? what? I said, bro, you have them majority of the time. Whenever they come to my house, of course I'm not going to get after them all the time. Like, they're going to have fun at dad's house and do dad shit. You know what I mean? I was like, plus, Diana, like, how you going to tell her? Any- she doesn't give a fuck anyway. Like... She's like, no, but you, you're not the, the gentle parent. You just do your own thing and blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm sorry. Gentle parenting doesn't work for me. I wasn't brought up that way. I think that shit is weak and it doesn't work for me at my okay. house. That's a new term for me. Gentle parenting. What is that? It's like the whole get down to eye level with them. Hey, I understand you're feeling frustrated right now, but we don't do things like that. Uh, you know, pussy okay. parenting is trying what to, I like to call to it. reason with them. Pussy parenting. Yeah, huh? uh, yeah gentle parent. Pussy parenting. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm trying to raise some straight up soldiers. That's, man. Besides, you're probably already eye level anyways What I have to get down. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he ain't that tall, so he's probably already eye level. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I called Dave immediately. I was like, bruh. What? How is this my fault? What do I do? How do I prevent this? And he's like, bro, next time she calls you, just tell her I'm not arguing with you and get out of the situation because both y'all arguing isn't going to help anything. Nah, you already got a strike against you because she's an ex. Mm-hmm. So automatically, they're like, you don't do shit right. You're the reason why all this didn't work in the first place. See, that right there, the way you act, so fucking childish. Can't even take care of your kid. Mm-hmm. Trust I, me, I, I know that. that scenario already, dude. And that's the way it's always going to be. So, like, Dave was right, man. The easiest thing is just to agree, hey, you know what? My bad. I'll take care of it. I'll talk to her when we get home. A blessing came that day. She 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 called me back. She's Phone like. Phone got disconnected. No, nah, nah, dog, <laughs> dog. She calls me, right? And she's like, I, don't under- I just don't understand why you let them do whatever it is they want to do. And I was like, bro, first off, if I discipline them my way. You get mad. I shouldn't spank my kids. You know, I shouldn't yell at them. I shouldn't. You put them in timeout. That's whatever. Cool. But if I don't discipline them, it's a problem. If I do, it's a what am I supposed to do? And she was like, you need to figure it out. I said, you know what? You're right. Click. Hung up on her. I ain't trying to hear it. I'm not. Yeah. So she calls me back. I ignore it. Calls me back. I ignore it. She calls my new chick, and she's like, hey, I can't reason with Renee. You know, I don't know what his deal is. He just talks to me like he's crazy and this and that. And luckily, my chick already knows, like, how I am. And she goes, Renee doesn't just do that just to do that. You must have said something or pushed him to a point where he didn't want to go off on you, so he he just hung up on you. Like, he's past the arguing 
like he he doesn't want that shit anymore she goes well i don't know how to talk to him if i don't yell at him he doesn't listen and she goes and you think you yelling at him is gonna make him listen like that's why that's one of the reasons y'all aren't together anymore and she was just like well well here's the thing i can't talk to renee anymore from now on i want all communication between me and you and i was like yes and then like my chick was like that's totally fine you can talk to me about anything, you know, I'll give you updates as to what Renee says to the girls based off of what we're doing. Like, you know, we'll have conversations. And then uh, whenever I found out that my chick agreed to that shit, bro, I was like, hell yeah. You know how much stress that is off my shoulders? I ain't got to do Crazy, bro. But I got. I think we got a little bit off topic. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to think, like. This is supposed to be a disciplinary story, and now, now it turned into a relationship. No, story. but okay, but, but that's, that's okay. That's, that's where this goes. That's to what sometimes. I was. That's what no, I was getting back to. Was it's more parenting. I mean, it the the relationship that they have. No, that's what I'm talking about. It's the relationship, the communication. Because yeah. you went you went from being in a relationship like a a, um, a couple to you're still in a relationship, but it's a parenting, it's a co-parenting relationship. You know, so it, it's different. So that's that's also interesting right there the way that goes out because you know now you're now. And you're both free to say and do whatever the hell you want to do. So right. I feel like you can be a little bit more open with each other, but at the same time too, you, they're going to be you're going to have like where they're more critical of what you do versus what I, it's like a competition all the time. Mm-hmm. I I parent better than you do. You need to learn how to be a parent like me. I don't have I don't have any room for that. I, you could think whatever you want. Yeah. I know what goes on in my house. You're not going to tell me how to discipline my kids in my house. That's that's it, bro. Like I, I'm not going to fight with you because there's nothing. What comes out of it? So y'all so y'all don't spank. I spank. You spank. Okay. Fuck so yeah. I have a theory on this, and this is my theory. This is how I raise my kids. I feel there is a, a time frame for spanking. Mm-hmm. And my time frame for spanking was usually between like uh like two to like eight. Mm-hmm. I think that's when all the spanking happens, between two and eight. I think once you hit like nine. Yeah, they're too old for that. They start realizing. So yeah. by then, they should already, you, you should have already instilled the, the fear of respect, whatever you want to call it. But it should already be instilled at, by that point to where... Look, I don't want to piss dad off because I know where he can go with this. Right. So now they now you can start where you can start the reasoning process. Hey, look, you know better. Why are you doing this? And then, you know, then you can start taking things away. You, you got to get it to where they uh, care about shit enough to where if you take it away, it affects them very bad. Yeah. Like PlayStation or like free time or like TV time and shit like that. YouTube, bro, is the fucking number one devil in my house. Every other weekend. Can I watch YouTube? No, I'm watching TV. Well, can I watch YouTube on your phone? No. Can you hook it up on my Nintendo Switch? No, bro. I don't want... So... Get off YouTube. I use that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... And when I say I spank my kids, dude, I don't beat them. I don't fuck them up like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, a I little mean, pop on the butt. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. At Like Mike said, at this age, they're at that age where you have to grab their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't go crazy with it. Um I, th- I think because we've all kind of been in the same situation where our exes and then we have kids involved. Fuck them hoes. And well, <laughs> yeah, true. But the thing about it is, when 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 you're in separate households, when when the relationship is over and you got kids together, they're gonna parent the way they want to. Mm-hmm. You can't tell them anything because they're in their household. You're gonna parent the way you want to. They're not always gonna agree. Because I remember with my oldest, and and we had a problem with him when he was growing up. My my wife, Celine, got involved with it as well, and she says, what we need to do is we need to invite her and her husband at the time to come down here Fuck that. And, and, and try to be on the same page, right? right? 
it doesn't work because they came down and we told them this is what we're dealing with and this is what I think we should how we should as a team co-parenting approach it and it was like okay okay and then they said something it's like okay let's try that as soon as they left and something came up on their end she went back to the old way and And so she just came and said okay whatever and then it wasn't anything that they were willing to try. I don't oh, think yeah. I don't think it'll ever work that way, man. Because you can't. you're you're so setting your ways and, and you're trying to follow this guideline of rules that you agreed to. But at the same time, bro, who gives a f- you're gonna it's your house. When they're at your house, you're gonna do what the fuck you feel is necessary, right? And again, like I said, a little pop on the butt just to grab their attention. Hey, straighten up. You know, like, and and I, it's got to the point where I could just, hey, give them that look. You right. Know, once I know give them that look, they... they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Right. I, I made my seven year old dude. I made her cry by looking at her like disappointed, like really, bro. Right. Your your her sister was running around and she jumped after her. Baby fell, and I was like, come on, but but I'm sorry, Dad. I was playing. Runs to the room crying, and, I, and that's when it hit me. I was like. So you stay over here telling the little one. And then I went to the room. Hey, come here. You understand what you did wrong? Yeah. Didn't I already tell you to settle down? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Hey, I don't want to hear I'm sorry. Just fix it. That's it. Just fix it. Okay. I'm sorry. Don't tell me you're sorry. Go tell your sister you're sorry. Simple. But there's other times, bro. Like I'm saying, that little gangster, she'll test you, bro. And she'll watch you, too, to make sure you're looking at her like, you told me not to do this? I, mm, I'm i going to do it. And that's what it's like, all right, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> you better stop playing with me. Yeah, because they want to test you. They mm-hmm. want to see how far you're going to go sometimes. Oh, but whenever, whenever dad pops you on the butt, you start crying. Like, you don't believe me? Come on. I don't know. I, and, and that's the thing with... with my new daughter, I don't know how I'm going to raise her because I don't know who she's going to, how she's going to act. Well, I, I think that's, that's going to happen uh, naturally, naturally, because one, both parents are going to be in the house mm-hmm. and I, I, I'll be honest about this. I, in my house, it's usually Celine is the disciplinarian. She's bad cop and I'm good cop, Right. It's probably not the best way to do it, but it's the best way for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes it's like I'm the one that's always having to get after them, and you just make it easy for them. It's like, yeah, I know. So I I have to watch myself. I have to correct myself sometimes. I think that goes with personality. I yeah, think it, it's a, it's a personality difference. Like so, like whatever the personality of the parent is, is how they're going to choose their parenting. So like I think Celine's more structured and and more about you know following guidelines because she wants she wants the absolute best right right right. dave wants the absolute best but dave himself is a very carefree kind of yeah for the most part he's He's like like, he's a comedian make it happen i'm still immature we are i think a lot of guys are still immature i think a lot of us we never ever growing up i was like man when i get become an adult then i'm gonna be mature i'm gonna have my shit together but then as i got an older i've come to the realization my dad didn't have his shit together either he was very immature still I'm so very. I don't. I don't see an ending where I'm going to be this mature, responsible person that I expect to be. It's just not in my nature to be yeah. that, dude. I'm. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. 
I'm so fucking. I'm right with that. <laughs> I am so glad that you guys are telling me this because here lately, dude, I've been going through a lot of shit in my personal life where I'm like, am I doing life right? Like well, I you don't need to grow up. I don't have my shit together. <laughs> you, need no. to get you, get, you, need, you need to grow up so you can get on the rise at, at the fucking Fiesta <laughs> Texas, man. With your girls. <laughs> They're gonna get on it. I'm actually like, writing a joke about that. We'll talk about it off air. Maybe y'all can help me punch it up. This shit's funny, maybe, bro. Maybe we maybe we might. I don't know. Um depends on how much more bourbon we have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got tons of bourbon. I, no, I'm just saying we're almost through this bottle. <laughs> uh, Every time we start the podcast, the, the podcast is supposed to be just trying it out and sipping it. But we always end up killing the fucking bottle. Yeah, we do. I think we killed that bottle uh, on the last episode, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. We did. We, we did. didn't leave much. We killed that bottle plus three bottles of wine. God. True, yeah. And <laughs> and two bottles of champagne. And two bottles of champagne. Fucking alcoholics. We were fucked up that night. <laughs> and, but that was that was a lot of fun, too, though. We had a lot of fun that on that That was New Year's, though, huh? That was New yeah. Year's, yeah. yes. But there was a lot of, of food, so we kept eating, so it didn't really hit us that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it was a lot of fun. But um, Anybody want to topped off? Uh, I'll probably will in a second, but... Okay. Back to the thing is, yeah, I think, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like we never really truly grow up. And like, we have this, this preconceived notion that we're supposed to be a certain way by the time we hit a certain age. Right. And, um, so when we don't hit it and we're not there, when we get that age, then we start questioning, like you said, you start going through that crisis of, man, what the fuck am I doing wrong in my life? How come I don't feel like, dude, I still catch myself like driving and I look in the mirror and just start singing and doing stupid shit like yeah, if I was a yeah. kid again. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Mike? You're 44, you're 44 years old. Why are you doing stupid <laughs> kitty shit like this? I don't know. It's fun to me. It makes me happy. Right. Because you it's know, in your personality. Because it's still my personality. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you, you want to enjoy life. For you sure. You want to enjoy life. Yeah. And if you can't do that and, and you start restricting yourself on what you're doing, then you're not being true to yourself and you're not being who you are. And I can't help it if I'm 59 and I still act like my granddaughters. Yeah. You know, that's just the way I am, you know, play fart games with them. You know, I mean, they were visiting not too long ago and they both fight as to who's going to sleep with next to grandpa. You sleep next to grandpa. I don't want to sleep next to him because he farts at night. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and it never fails. The older one is the one that ends up sleeping next to me. And sure, I fart on her. And then I tell her about it the next morning. And it's like. Ew. But when it's time to go to sleep, there she is, right behind me, right underneath me. Yeah. And my grandfather was the same way. My grandfather, you know, was a big kid. To this day, he's still a big kid. I remember going to uh, back in the day to go see the uh, the Astros back in the Astrodome. You know, oh, that's yeah, how back that was. That was that good. Back. So we're all, you know, we're all kids, and my grandfather would be over there thumping you in the back of the ear, trying to trip you up. And my grandmother would be, like, God damn it, Santiago, stop! Yeah, stop. And what? What? What am I doing? And he would just constantly just fucking with us the whole time, dude, like a big fucking kid. Yeah. And that's just my grandfather's personality. Now he's a, he's a lot older now, and so that's kind of changed a little bit. He's not he don't have that personality right. as much as when he was um, in a younger age. Um, now he's more like like Dave. He's grumpier now, a little grumpier now, <laughs> and, and a little more reserved. We're probably the same age. <laughs> you probably are. To be <laughs> but um. So I, I realize that that's just the nature of who you are and you're going to be who you are and you, they can't change it. So, you know, as far as feeling like you need to be more responsible or this or that, just, you know, it, I, I think about it and I'm like, dude, okay, I'm 27. I'm, I'm 27. And what, what, what have I done with my life? Yeah. I got two kids. They're still alive. I got one on the way. That's cool. But for me, like I thought by this age, you know, I'd have 50 grand in the bank you know, fucking building my own house, driving a brand new car. And I'm like, I don't have my shit together. So that's not so much an age thing, dude. That's, that is a... I thought by 30, that's, that's where That's like I an be. economy. That's a... 
social thing right now, I think. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, your generation right now. And I refer to your generation. I mean, I'm not that much. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm 20 years older than you. So your generation, and, and I'm, I'm dealing with this with my kid in, in New York. Same thing. He's 23, and he's like, man, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't that I'm like, I'm lost. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And, and, and for me... It's a little different because I joined the military right out, out yeah. of out of uh, out of high school, so I went straight to the military. So I went into this this you know this different type of lifestyle where people were telling me what to do. So it really wasn't that much more different than being at home with my parents because it's just that my parents were exchanged for you know this organization. They told right. me what to do. They told me when to wake up. Where and I was it was cool. I mean, it was just an it, I was of that structure exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what it is. We got so used to doing that structure. So with this generation here, uh, they're not doing the military thing. But at the same time, too, the economy is so tough where they really can't make it on their own. So now they're having to stay at home a lot longer with their parents and stuff like that. Tell me about or my, it. Or in my, in my kid's case, he's out in New York. But it's just it's hard for him. It's, he's struggling, you know, because everything is so expensive and everything is just so hard. And, and I'm proud of him because he's doing this on his own out there. But at the same time, too, I feel like he feels like he needs to be more responsible he needs to be more because of the people the, like the whoever he's talking to girl wise because girls mature a little bit faster so they expect us to keep up with, on par which we don't biologically we just don't keep up on par with maturity with them i will say this my girlfriend is three years older than me she just turned 30 yeah she just turned 30 um cradle robber yeah that's it man shit I can't complain. I have fun. <laughs> nah, but uh, we do. We hang out with a lot of her friends and shit. I asked him the other day. It's like, what? She's due what? In April? April 10th. I said, dude, you still hitting it? He goes, yeah. <laughs> all the way to the end, baby. All the way to the end. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You have to because you can't for like six weeks after she gives birth. So you got to get. You're Mexican. That means like six hours. <laughs> nah, but anyways. Hey, has the swelling gone down yet? <laughs> You seen that Martin Lawrence special where he's like, does it hurt when I do right here? How about this? Does it hurt when I do that? No? Like this? Okay, hold on. Does it hurt when I do that? <laughs> we're good. We're good. Oh, in. man. Um, That's funny you said that. <laughs> you know, uh, Here's a question uh, about today and, and kids growing up and still trying to figure out what they're going to do. You think, you think some of it has to do with the fact that there's – they have way too much opportunity to choose from? No? I think there's less opportunity for them right now. You think? I think that's the biggest problem is there's less opportunity because you got to think about it, dude. Like, our generation is like, you know, you had that baby boomer generation where you had a bunch of people that grew up, you know, at, at one time. It's this boost of population. So all these jobs were created and stuff like that, right? And then from behind then, you had our generation and everything going in, and we were still strong in the workforce. A lot of us are now working until 60, 70 years old. So those jobs that normally would have been already retired from and opening up for this younger generation aren't opening up as quickly. So now you got them coming into the market where these, these positions are still filled that they want. So it, it makes it a little bit harder. Because, like, for example, even, like, little jobs. Dude, like, my kid tried to get a job the other day. He went to, like, maybe six or seven different restaurants, six or seven different places to, to apply and. And, like, it, it takes forever to get a response back. I remember when I was young, I can go to H-E-B, apply, and then, like, the next day, hey, you want to work? You're hired. Yep. But it's just, like, everybody's holding these jobs now longer and longer because the job, the, 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 we're at a halt in the workforce where our, we're holding these positions for so long, so people below us are holding the lower positions and so on and so on. So, like, there's, like, we're at this, this um, I want to say it's an impasse, but we're at this, like, like this bottleneck spot where everybody's just trying to funnel in but to another, the workforce. Another thing about that too is is 
they're taking a lot of jobs away. Have you been to McDonald's lately? They don't even have fucking cashiers. It's all oh, yeah, on the can, board. Yeah. They got these gas stations and shit where, where you just go and self-check out at the gas station. Bro, like, what the fuck? Well, technology's going to do a lot of that, too. But then again, that just that gives more of a, a reason to, you know, the college, the school, to education to get there. But then again, they're scared to do that, too, because you go and you spend all this money on an education in college, and there's no guarantee you're going to get a job. So you might be at home stuck with a degree that you done spent like $130,000 on that you're not even using to, to pay it back. And now you're stuck with this bill. So it, there's a lot of different things right now, I think, in, in, in society and economy altogether that are causing that. But the biggest thing is it makes the newer generation, they're filled with anxiety because it, not only that, they're watching YouTube, they're watching TikTok, and they're seeing all these these influencers living this big life with these big-ass lavish houses. Like, dude, I'm, they're only 24 years old, man. They got millions of dollars. I should be like that. What's wrong with me? So now that turns internal. Yeah. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the, the answer is OnlyFans. OnlyFans? You think <laughs> Only that's the fans. answer for everything? To start an OnlyFans page? OnlyFans. I think, I think that's where it's at. probably get away with it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, no you know, no, no, bad thing about it, bro. But, I mean, you can probably get away with it. He got the look. I think OnlyFans is the most stupid thing in the world because... Because you, like, you ain't got no fans. Hold up. I got a lonely fans account. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hoe. That's, that's funny. Oh, Dave shit. has gyms every now and then. He oh, does, dude. Shit. That's where that old thinking comes into play. He got to yeah. think about it and time it out. Yeah, that, 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 that's, I just shot my load right there. That was it for him. He's going to go to sleep. <laughs> that's it, man. Nah, dude. Okay, so with the OnlyFans thing, who was I watching? I was watching some comedian, man. Motherfucker said... Why pay for porn? Why are you on OnlyFans paying for porn whenever you got Pornhub giving it away for free? And these are professionals. You're paying OnlyFans? People that... Because people like to see amateurs sometimes. People that, like to go on something and see they're somebody they too. can actually possibly hook up with if they ran in the right situation. Yeah, but that's... I, mean, I, I don't know. That's just not my cup of tea. I ain't going to pay for shit. Well, I mean, either because it's fucking too expensive, and I rather pay for <laughs> bourbon and cigars personally. That's why. But we started if I could do podcast. that, hey, but you hear about people going on there and like, I made a million dollars my first year on OnlyFans. I'm like, damn, I want to get out there and show my little shit and see what it does. Yeah, I mean, you probably could. There's, there's a market for that. I'm sure there is. There's got to be. But, but back to the whole situation though. Like, as far as like um, feeling not mature enough, not not in the right spot uh, spot in life. I mean, I think that's just, I think it's a lot of things that your generation is dealing with because, like I said, there's just so many turns in the world. Plus, man, I don't know. Y'all didn't grow up with the same grew up that, like uh, mentality. We, y'all didn't grow up with the same things that we grew up with. Like, I feel like our generation, our drive was a little bit more. Like, we were encouraged and, and we were looking forward to leaving the house, whereas this generation is more like, well, you know, if I graduate, I stay at home. Why, why am I leaving the house? I got food. And yeah. I got shelter. Why Why leave? So, like, I don't feel like the um, the urgency is there until you actually move out. Then you're out and you're like, fuck, this is hard. Why? Yeah. I don't feel like I'm prepared for this shit shit. Whereas, like, in our generation, man, I was working when I was 14. I was, you know. My first job was when I was 13. Yeah, see? So, my first job was 14 years old. I was working already. I mean, I was cutting grass. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I think I got my first like real, real job at 15 at Casa Lay, and then you know, so I, I was already working. I was already at at the age of, of 16. I was already planning to leave the house by the time I turned 18. That's why I joined the army so yeah. I could get the hell out of the house and get on my own. Um, I don't feel like this generation has that that uh, they don't have that drive. 
And especially because us as parents, we want to give you the very absolute best. Right. So then we, we I think we sheltered y'all for most of y'all's lives. Like, we didn't make y'all work. You didn't have to work. You, yeah. If you wanted to work, it's because you wanted to. But that's but, disabling But you us. didn't have to. Exactly. And we disabled a lot of our generation, this generation. So a lot, of, like, I, I know for, you know, for you, probably your parents, if you needed something, your parents would come My through parents, in, a, in a heartbeat. Dude, even today, bro, if I, I go into some shit and, and like, they're right there. Hey, how can I help you? What's up? Here's the, I don't want you to help me. Like, I want you to show me how to do it for exactly. myself. Bro, my fucking, my credit is shit because around 17, 18, I'm about to get out of high school. I tell my parents, hey, what's up? Do I get a credit card now? Like, how do I do this? You know, open up a bank account. No, fuck that. Stay away from credit. Credit's terrible. And I'm like, what do you mean? If you need something, just talk to us about it. We'll put you to work. Cash is king. Stay away from credit. It's the devil. They scared that into me, bro. So I was always like, okay, no credit, no credit, no credit cards, no this, no that. I never was, they never taught me how to use it, what it means. How to build it. How to build it. How to protect it. I said credit and they were like, shut the fuck up. Leave yeah, it alone. Those, those are the two things that you And that's you what I need first. the most, bro. How to build and it, how to protect it. I because see, I see that you now. You get into it and then it's like you get into a hole and it's like, oh, fuck, what happened? And then it's too late. I see that now. See, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm fortunate. Like right now, like my, well, my, my son, he's, he's 19 years old. He just graduated last year and whatnot. And, um. And the first thing we talked about was like, all right, so you're working. What we need to do is I need to get you into the credit union. And he's like, that's cool. What, what do I do there? I was like, well, when we get in the credit union, we're going to get you, we're going to apply for credit. And the credit union is easier to get a credit card from. They're very easy about doing that. And, and that way he can start off. I'm like, and all you got to do, man, is you use 30% of it. If you're going to put gas, use your credit card to put the gas. When you get your paycheck, put that money right back to your mm -hmm. credit card again. That way you can start building your credit. So when you finally do leave, you know, fortunately for me, I did, I did not teach my first son this. I was bad about it because I was like your your parents. I was like, I, I got you, meal, whatever you need, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. and, and he was like, I didn't want to talk about credit. I didn't, you know, I wasn't preparing him for the future. Fortunately for me, he was smart enough to do it on his own. So right. now he's 23, he's out there, he's got his cards and stuff. And like he's he's adamant about paying his stuff all the time because he wants, because he's doing everything on his own right now. He's doing everything <laughs> on his own over there in New York. And and I'm proud of him, dude. He, he, learned, he learned the hard way. Yeah. But he's learned. Now, with my 19 year old, I'm fucked. <laughs> he ain't ever leaving, dog. He's there. And I told him the other day, so how much money did you make? Like, oh, man, I made this much, dad, and da, da, da. I'm like, that's cool. And then the next time I see him, he's like, yeah, I'm going to this concert. I bought the tickets. They're like $200. I'm like, what the fuck are you spending $200 on a concert for? You need to get money to save money. Get the fuck out of my house, dude. Yeah. But I, it, I, there's no there's no desire to do so because he's like, I've, I made it so simple for him. That I've, I've, I kind of, I, I think I kind of crippled him a little bit. Like, he's, I didn't he's living you. like a king right now. Yeah, he's living great. Being a, being a little bit overprotective, and so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm guilty of that, and uh, now I'm, I'm dealing with that because I do have one that's 29, still living at home, and I've got one that's 24, living at home, and you know, and that's a new normal though. My, 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 my tasks now are, how the fuck do I get him out of the house now? See, how do you encourage them? Like, and, and I'm not meaning in a bad way. We don't want y'all to leave like in a bad way. It's just like, for me, I want my kids to be able to take care of themselves because there's no guarantee I'm going to be here forever. So what happens if I'm gone, what's going to happen to them if they don't know how to take care of themselves yet? I went to a Carlos Mencia show with my dad. I took him one week or one year and um, we're sitting right up front, front row seats. Like I said, we had the VIP access, whatever. Right, right. Um, <laughs> You've been to the improv. Front and center, that, may, that first table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we're there and Carlos, he, he, he likes, I, like I said, I was there every year. So he added me into his set. Like, look at this fucking kid and talking shit about me, how I was so young. Well, my dad was with me. He goes, who's that? I was like, it's my dad. And he goes, oh, so that's the piece of shit that has you the way that you are. <laughs> and my dad looks at him and he was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, don't, don't get all crazy. Listen to what I'm saying. You bought your son these tickets. You, you brought him to see somebody that he looks up to. Yeah, thank you for coming. I appreciate the support and everything. He goes, but I already know. Look at his fucking shoes. Look at his clothes. Look at where he's sitting. Look at the fucking dinner that you bought him, bro. He goes, you are disabling this kid because I know that what I see here, I know he gets whatever the fuck he wants at home. You're not rushing him to get out the house. You're not this, that, whatever. He goes, and I just have one question for you. And I want you to think about this truly. Don't get mad, but think about it. If you guys leave here tonight, y'all get into a terrible accident. God forbid you pass away, he lives. Are you? Is he ready for the world? And my dad was like, fuck. Right. And he was like, nah, he's not. Like, And I was like, bro, to be honest, not, that yet, no, I'm not. Like, I didn't know at the time. Dude, you inherit handyman hookup. I do, but <laughs> but does he know how to run handyman hookup? That's the problem. No, he does doesn't. he know the business aspect? Does he know what it is to to pay the bills? Does he know what it is to contract with the other contractors to to make these deals? That's the scary thing about it, and that's why I'm so right now. Anything I can help with, hey man, what's up? You know, I, I want to be there, even if I'm not working or getting paid. I want to be there watching so I can learn how to do this shit. And uh, he's gonna be calling me up. Hey, Dave. How do I how do I do this? Hey, Dave, Dave, how do how do I do a spreadsheet? Yeah. Oh yeah, all you do is spread not spreadsheets, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh, um hold on real quick. Celine, tell him how to do a spreadsheet. Because <laughs> Dave don't know either, dog. Hey, I know how to do a fucking spreadsheet. Don't ask me to do uh PowerPoint, but I can do a spreadsheet. Bro, but no, see, like, and, and that's a good point though, is is yeah, I inherit that shit, cool. But now, just recently, like I said, I start seeing like what do I, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? I don't even, I haven't even found myself. Am I a fucking comedian? Am I a booker? Am I, am I just an electrician? Am I a business? I don't know what the fuck I am and that's terrible. But that, that mean that just means that all of those things are you. You are all those things. And if an electrician's job comes up, hey, you can do it. Yeah. If somebody reaches out to you, because Mike has this happen recently uh, a venue reached out to him and said hey i want to do comedy you can do that mm-hmm. uh somebody reaches out it's like hey i want to book you pays 100 bucks hey you can do that you know what's crazy is i, I, I that's kind of where i'm at in life but i just feel like i'm floating right so i i i know i'm an electrician i know i can do stand-up i know i can book rooms i know i can do this that and the third and i just added plumbing to my to my little list of things to do i might need you bro that's why i said that i was like i know a guy who can fix that because i'm excited that i learned this craft and and i'm, I'm ready to put my skills to work i might fuck something up but i already know enough to where i can fix that shit right if right I do fuck it up you don't know. i can fix it don't worry about that <laughs> shit and, and here's Fucking the, bondo <laughs> solves everything and then here's the thing is like this is a conversation that i've had with other podcasters uh one in particular is uh mario over at chuko cheeseman podcast in shout out, out. Uh, uh out of El Paso, uh, we, we had a conversation about trade schools versus college. Not enough emphasis is being put on trade schools mm-hmm. because 
those are the things that create or or build our houses, our businesses, and all right, you can be the engineer, you can be the designer, and 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 uh, what's the designer, the uh, architect, uh, architect. Mm-hmm. But they just put that shit on paper. It's the other guys that fill in the blanks. It's the guys that, the that actually put the walls up. That put know, the walls up. That yeah. know that you need this particular kind of spec or you need this particular kind of mortar. Or you need mm-hmm. this particular kind of binder. Kind of wood to, make to hold it. it. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 And, and those, the those are things that were. nowadays up to code mm-hmm. versus what was back in the 50s, the 70s. Dude. And now you got to gut these houses out because they're not up to code anymore. And you got to you got to bring them into the next century. I, I just worked at a house not too long ago, man, and, and I was changing out every plug and every switch in the house, every outlet and switch, and I start pulling them out, and I'm like, man, like, some of these wires are really old to where, like, you could see that they're just worn out, bro, and then and there's some wires in houses that are, they're, like, braided instead of it being, like, a rubber jacket like normal. It's, it's like, braid, like, fabric or some shit. Yeah, fabric. And... It's like, yeah, hey, man, you might want to think about replacing this whole thing. And then they see me, and they're like, nah, you're just trying to get extra buck. No, fucker. Like, this is old. Hey, now that I know you can do this, though, I need I need a plug in my house installed for me. I need you to come hook it up. Let's for me, get dog. it. Let's get it, dude. I'm uh, down. And, then, and so that one room in the office, we're trying to turn it into, kind of get ready into, a, like, a bourbon room and, and slash podcast room. So I need some plugs and, and uh, put in there so we can plug up. The sound, the cameras, and all that stuff like that. Hell in there. Yeah. So I'll put maybe I will have you come up and you can hook it up for me, dude. Yeah, I'll that put sounds a cool, man. I'm glad. To see, I didn't know he did all this stuff. You know what? Honestly, I thought hey. Renee just went around doing comedy <laughs> and following Juan Viriel. That's what I thought his job nah, was. Nah, man. See, <laughs> but and, now I, and I got that shit. question last night. Somebody's like, "Hey, man, so I hear you do stand up and this and that. You're funny, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "So what? Is that your full time job?" I was like, "Fuck no, dude. Comedy don't pay shit. Like, <laughs> hell no. Nah. I gotta get it." But everybody I was, always thinks that. Everybody thinks if you're in comedy, you're good. Yeah, you're making money, right? You're doing comedy. Hell it's on the no. Down. Fuck you. Yeah, I know. I, I, I did a show one time. We did a show out in Galveston. And uh, I had a couple friends of mine come out. And uh, after the show, we were hanging out in the patio, right? And then uh, the guy that booked the show came out with the envelopes because we, we all got paid. <laughs> and uh, he go, Dave, he gave me my, my envelope. And my buddy was standing there next to me. He's dude, you get paid for this? It's like, <laughs> no, don't get crazy. It, it, it's not it much. It pulls out a 10. Yeah, it's no, crispy, but it's a 10. It's a 10. <laughs> no, it was a little bit more than that, but it, it's not enough to, to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we do it for fun, and uh, we work hard at it because it's something that we enjoy. We're passionate about it, dude. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, I, I talk to my chick about all the time, dude, and God bless her, bro. She supports it 110%. Well, I know. I've seen her at the at the. And she goes there and she goes. I've seen her at the shows, she, working the door for you, helping out anything she can till the baby gets here. If I yeah, dude, <laughs> I, hey, if you're listening, fuckers, I might have a job opening up, a little position. I can't pay you I much. Can't, but I, I'll pay you in an beer. experience. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I hate that shit. I'll pay you. What, what does it say? Uh, not experience. Um, fuck. I'll exposure. pay you an exposure. I'll yeah. pay you an exposure. Get your name out. I can expose myself. <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> right? Yeah. We, 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 we could take this uh, podcast to OnlyFans. We could. We sit in our, our underwear. Patreon or something like, you hear like that? that. In our underwear. And uh, I don't did, know did y'all that. hear that? I heard like a. Over there. Somebody's recording content. Somebody's uh, being <laughs> their kid right now. What are you talking about? That's what it sounded like. Or they're roofing. 
Oh yeah. I oh, dude. Too. When they when these houses around here start, they 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 hire the roofers. Those fuckers get started like at six thirty in the morning. Bro, you know what's crazy about that shit? And I told you about this. So I used to live in this area, League City, Seabrook, the Burbs, right? Laporte is where I grew up. It's still suburban. And six thirty in the morning, you hear. Doom, 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 doom. Like, damn, okay, the neighbors are getting the work done in their house. I just moved to South Houston, dog. 6.30 in the morning, I hear doom, 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 doom. I'm like, fuck, the neighbors are still partying from last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the difference. That music goes everywhere. Hell, uh, yeah. But it's crazy because, like, like I said, here in this area, it's like you know somebody's getting work done in their house. You move over there, it's like, nah, man, they're having a party. What's up? You smell fucking. They're recovering from work. <laughs> you yeah. smell fajitas in the air and shit. Oh, yeah, in South Houston, you hear a lot, you smell a lot of that fajitas, mm-hmm. and you hear music playing, and that's how you know you, where you're, you're in South Houston, because you can smell the taqueria right there, dog. <laughs> Bro, the amount of taquerias that I have right there on my street is crazy. Oh, yeah, so you're in South Houston, huh? Yeah, dude, I'm right there on fucking Southmore, Richie, like all those little, it's Pasadena, but like the borderline, Pasadena, South Houston, Meadowbrook area. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know where you're at, I know where you're at, I used to live out there in the area. Mm-hmm. Now we're in Baytown, the Dirty Bay. Hell yeah. But anyways. I ain't been invited over there yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. We (laughs) we would have done the podcast over there today if you've been over there. But um anyways, like I was saying though, yeah. So like I think that's uh that's that's cool. I mean that's kinda what I want to get today. I mean, and and see, that's why I say we never have a topic, but in a roundabout way we get to what we want to talk about. We make our own topics. Yeah, I mean that's just the way we do. So I mean it's fortunate. It may not always work for us. We might have a podcast one day where we're just look, looking at you like, I don't know, dog, what's up with sports? <laughs> and I don't even watch sports, so I wouldn't even know what to say about it. But I don't but, think that'll ever happen. I don't think so either. Uh, but you I think and I this, like to talk too much, so we will figure it out. We I'll tell you do. one thing. My friends and family are going to hear this shit. They'll be like, damn, Renee, you're telling too much. But that's the point of this whole thing is, you know, it's, it's you know, we're drinking the bourbon. We're having a good time. But at the same time, too, it's we we hope that, that, that this opens up a forum for for men to talk about how we really feel about things. Because I think a lot of times, dude, as men, we keep shit hidden, especially from our women. We do. Dude, we keep it so tight. You know, we don't want them to know that we're struggling. We don't want them to know that we're fucking confused in, in our personality and, and who we are. Because, you know, we feel like the moment they know that we don't know or that we're lost, we feel like they're going to leave us. Or, yeah. or they're going to want to be like, fuck this. I don't want this immature dude. But the reality is a lot of us guys are in this position where we're like, Fuck, I'm lost, dude. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm still trying to find myself. I'm still trying to identify who I am as a person. Um, fortunately for some of us, we get a woman in our life that accepts that. They know this already. Right. My wife knows I'm a confused person. She knows who I am and what I am. So, and, and we're cool with that. She, she, she like accepts me for who I am, loves me for who I am. Celine obviously loves Dave for who he is, and we know he's confused and and he's a dirty old man. I think she's a little confused because this motherfucker's all out of whack. <laughs> but <laughs> nah, but man, I love Dave and that's Celine. That's the man. point: is that as men, we should be able to express it. Sometimes we ought to be able to say, "Hey, you know what, man? I I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. I, I, you know, hey, if you got an idea, shoot it to me. Help me out." We as men should be able to talk to other men and say, hey, dog, look, man, this is the deal. This is what I'm going through. And not be embarrassed behind it and be like afraid that our friends are going to clown us on it. Because we're going to pick on you a little bit about it. But we should be able to talk about it and be like, okay, dog, this is what I do. And then maybe something out of the information that I do or something out of the information that Dave does can help you kind of guide you in what you want to do with your life. But I don't, I don't think we're ever really done growing up. I don't think we ever hit that point, that plateau where we're like, Man, I feel like I'm because I still don't feel like an adult. Right. I'm 44 years old. 
I don't feel like an adult. I do a lot of silly shit. I play video games still. Mm-hmm. I watch anime. Um, I still, I still have to really struggle with. Do I want to buy a video game or do I want to pay my electric bill a day? You know, that's that's a hard Whoa, thing for me. Like I like, it is. I really really want to get this, but I know I got to pay that. But then I start thinking like, well, maybe if I call them and I push it back two weeks, I can get this today, and then I can save up the money to pay that in two weeks. Let me tell I you, I still struggle with that at forty four years old, dude. It just it's you know. It's funny you say that because I, the other day, right, I got paid and I mean, work's been really slow for me lately. I know I got my bills coming up and shit. Your mama. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I got bills coming up and shit, but I knew I had this show coming up and I'm like, okay, so I can use this money to pay these bills or I can use this money to make sure I have my flyers printed out so I can promote this show to get more money. And then I can go buy a nice little outfit to wear for the show because if I look good, I feel good, the show's going to go good. You know, I start tricking myself like, I need this. The bills are going to come every month. I'm going to pay that shit later anyway. I'm going I'm to do this right now. And that's like a really, and I've noticed a super stupid, immature, like, mind frame to have. Bills come first, but I have those arguments for myself like, nah, I, I got to do this shit. This is more important because this is going to help me pay the bills. Exactly. But like that's why like like with the with the show stuff like I do you know obviously I produce shows and stuff like that under Los Comedy Capadres, and uh, a lot of that I found lately now that a lot of my show money, which initially was meant to be fun money, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be money for me to have fun with, but because of the way things are nowadays, a lot of times too I've come to the conclusion like well shit dog, this is coming up, but if I push it back, I got two shows this week, so I can make that money mm-hmm. up. I can go ahead and take care of what I need to take care of now. And then this other thing I could pay in two weeks because I got two shows coming. I start counting that, dude. And maybe that's the wrong way to do it. But I start counting that on that comedy money. Be like, yeah, I got this show and that show. My Each dad, one's gonna pay me at least two hundred bucks, so I'm gonna be good on this date for that. I talked. I talked to my dad about some bills that I had coming up and everything, and I was like, yeah, man, look, I need I need this much work just to make this much money. And if I don't get all this that I'm expecting, it's cool. I got two shows coming up. I I, I told him just like that, and he's like. Okay, how many tickets have you sold? And I was like, well, none yet. They're coming up it's a couple weeks from now. And he goes, okay, so you're counting the chickens for the eggs hatch. Right. He that's goes, a- stop doing that shit. Like, because you don't know if you're going to be able to cover your shit. So this is this is what I'm going to give you advice on right now. Um, because I've always shot advice to you, dude. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at you like, like, like a little brother. Uh, another son, you know, uh, and I told you that we yeah, had this conversation no. numerous times over Every the phone. Even when you thought I was mad at you, whatever like that, I told you, dude, I'm never mad at you. I love you, dude, and I always look out for you. And anytime I tell you something, it's because I'm trying to tell you from my heart because I don't want to see you struggle. Because I look, I look up to, I do. I've, I've had this conversation a lot of times when I'm on the phone. I know. Sometimes tell you I can't stand that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna shoot it to you like this, dude. You're producing shows now. You're doing great with what you're doing. You, I've seen your shows. You put really good shows. You put a lot of hard work in it. You got to quit doing it where it's solely based on tickets. You need to start talking to the venues and start getting them to give you a budget because that's going to help you. Not only uh, it's going to take some of that stress off you, but it's going to help you encourage you to do a better show. Plus it's going to put some of that stress in that venue to help out too, because they're getting all the profit off of this. They're getting all the alcohol sales Mm -hmm. when there's no risk for them. So you got to start learning to you. It's, It's you have to start. When I started, same thing. I did ticket sales, ticket sales, ticket sales, ticket sales. That's what I did just like you did. I was just happy to have a venue that would allow me to have the show. But after a while, we got to start seeing the value in what you bring to the table. And when there's value, you need to you need to be um, compensated accordingly for that value. So that's yeah. the only advice I would give to you is on these future shows or these future venues that you start to book, 
Start setting a, 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 a some kind of, of a work a, work a budget out with them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna take a lot of the stress away from you. It's gonna make your comedians that come for you, that come work for you, they're gonna be happier because you're gonna be able to give them a little bit more money. Right. So that's gonna make them happier. They're gonna perform better. The audience is gonna be a lot better because you're gonna be actually enjoying the show instead of stressing out before the show. So uh, it's gonna it, it'll it alleviate alleviate blah blah blah. I I can't Re- pronounce that alleviate. word. Alleviate. Alleviate. Yeah, it's Allevi- gonna help take away a lot of that 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 stress from you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Porky Pig dog right you, there. You, you, I you look like I a love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, the the gist of it is, you started out as looking at this as a comedian. Then you start looking at it as a booker, producer, whatever. Now you have to start looking at it as a business. Yeah. Okay, and that's where it comes. It's like because the 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 venue they're looking at it as a business mm-hmm. and what it brings to to the table for them. And now you have to put the terms down and say, this is what I'm bringing to you. So if you do a show once a month there on that Friday, what else is happening that Friday? Nothing other than what's happening in the other room. Right. You're taking that room. It doesn't matter if they're letting you use that room. You're bringing in their money, your ticket sales. And one is whoever's working the kitchen because they have somebody coming in. They're making money off off your um, ticket sales, and so is the venue from the bar. So the bar, the kitchen, they're the ones that are making money off of your people that you're bringing in. Right. And that's something that you have to And I want, I want to point something to out. You were there this past Friday. How many fucking people were in the other room? Two. How many people were in my room? I didn't count, Over but it was 40. at least... 40. I was going to say at least 40. Over 40 people in that room. I mean, you've been in there. It's not a big room. Yeah, 40 people looks It packed. was it, it was, was packed. 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 I mean, my my uncle was like, "Bro, you you got to figure out something else, like another way to seat people because this isn't it's not working, bro." Like he goes, "And and I was like, I when I woke up this morning, I had 14 tickets sold. This just all happened at one time at the door." And I used to really fucking stress about that shit because I would look at ticket sales online and I'd be like, what the fuck, bro? Until you see that stress, that stress for 40 people. <laughs> now imagine doing that for 200 people. Dude, my, the very first show I ever put together, big show that I ever did was uh, my second year, I think. Maybe it was the first year in comedy. I didn't know Dave yet. No. Dave hadn't known me yet. This was before I knew Dave. This was before Dave got into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was at the TBH Center. And I had... I had uh, uh, um, I had Raymond? A, a Raymond Ortha out there, and um, I, I got the TBH in which holds like 350, 400 people, right? And I done paid Raymond for two shows. We're talking about $10,000, dog. $10,000 for two shows. You guaranteed him that? Guaranteed, yeah. Well, half up front, half of the show. Ten grand, right? So I'm like, look at that ticket sales, dude. They're nowhere near $10,000 worth of sales, dude. I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm driving to the venue. Sweat on the balls. I'm I'm driving to the venue, right? I get pulled over by a cop on the way to the venue, right? I had an expired sticker, and I think I had a warrant for my arrest at the time. Dude, I'm I'm crying at the the, he pulled me over. I just start crying because I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do if I get pulled over. I can't make it to the show. I ain't got no I ain't got no tickets sold. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. So I'm telling the cop this. Well, I'm kind of like, dude, look, I'm I'm stressed, dog. This is the deal. He's like, you know what, man? He goes, I'm gonna let you go on a warning. This hasn't turned into a a, a bring you in warrant yet. It's just a blue one. So I'm just letting you know it's out there. Mm -hmm. Take care of it. 
But man, go ahead and go to your show and have a good time. So I'm already stressed the fuck out. I'd be like, you want to come, I, bro? I, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I did, dude. I'm like, hey, no, you want to come by, dude? The show's right around the corner. VIP. So, um, I'm stressing the fuck out, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm at the verge of just like I don't know, dude. And then all of a sudden, people just start showing up, dude. Showing up, showing up. It's a beautiful. We thing. packed out both rooms, uh, the room both times for both shows that night. I think we ended up doing like seventeen thousand dollars in ticket sales that night. And and dude, it was fucking awesome. And 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 but the thing was that stress. That stress was there, and I I, I took that alive. big ass I took that big ass risk, and then honestly, and this is the worst part, it wasn't my money. That's what made me feel worse about it. You know whose money it was? It was Mike Rayo. Mike Rayo put the money up. Shout out Mike Rayo. Shout out Mike Rayo. That was big my boy, shout dude. Out. I, I was we were in Corpus Christi. We were doing a weekend out of Corpus Christi at Comics Live. It was me, Mike Rayo, and 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 Kua Genti. You know, and, and Koo and, and Mike kind of took me under the wing when I first started out here. So it was Koo, Mike, and, and, and myself, and we're out in Corpus Christi. We're doing the show. I was having the conversation in the back of the car while we were driving, trying to get uh, a Raymond to do the show. I was talking to his people and blah, 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 and they were telling me this is the amount of money. And I'm like, man. And so Mike's like, what's wrong? I'm like, man, this is the deal. I mean, there's this comedian. His name is uh, uh, Raymond Orta. He's real funny, da, da, da. He goes, oh, yeah. And he goes, what's he asking for? I'm like, well, he's asking for this much. He's like, so... What do you think? I was like, man, I don't know. He he brings a big draw. He's a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. He draws a lot of people. I really want to do the show, but man, there's no way I can. He's like, you know what, Mike? Book, Book the him. show. I got you. Oh, and dude. so he put he fronted the cash for it, dog. He fronted that- it, and and I didn't even know Mike for about I didn't know Mike no more than about maybe two months at the time. And he's like, book it. I got you. And so I was fortunate, but that at the same time, that's where my stress came in because I was like, dude, I don't want to lose this man his money. I'm freaking out because I don't want to lose this man his money. He, he trusted me with this show. And, and, and he was calm. He was cool with everything. Right. We're there. And I'm like, we ain't got no tickets. Mike, calm down. Don't worry about it, Mike. Everything's going to the way, the way uh, Mike yeah. talks. You know, he's yeah. very he's very New Yorker, dog. So he's like, don't worry about it. Just calm down, Mike. It's going to be all right. And then I, I, don't, I didn't. But he was right. In the end, it, it, he made his money back. We made a profit. And, and it was just like that stress, dude. I was freaking the fuck out the whole time. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. I can't do this no more. But so imagine, like I said, so I understand you're feeling it with 40. Imagine that with with that much yeah, money bro. on the line. No, that but we, we figured out about how many walk-up sales. Yeah, we, we've already kind of like, it, it's 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 tw- been consistent. It's about 20 walk-ups and that's every good. time. That's a, 20 yeah. or more. That's, a, that's at least 20. And I noticed this. I was telling Dave because I had booked Sean Harris. And Sean... Man, dude, before the show, it's probably my fault, too. I didn't really push it as much as I should have or whatever. Um, and I'm not going to blame anybody. It's my production. Mm-hmm. It's, my, it's my fault. Uh, but we we had maybe seven tickets sold, dude. Yeah. Seven tickets. And then the day of the show, we ended up having about 25, 30 people in there. And, you know, Sean calls me. A couple months later, I had another show going on. And he's like, hey, man, what are ticket sales looking like? You know, I saw, I saw that you were real nervous the last time, this, that, and the third. And I was like, they're, they're rough, bro. Like, I'm, I'm really nervous right now. And he goes, what happened at my show? People came up. Like, like they're going to walk up. They're going to see you got something going on. You have a DJ drawing a crowd. Like, they're going to get curious. Oh, comedy show? Hell yeah. Drop that stress because you're going you're gonna to make it. Don't worry about it. And ever since then, it's like, that's what I think about whenever I start having my little panic attacks. And I told Dave, I was like, bro, it's true. Like, we, we see this constantly every month. I get freaked out. And then it's like, okay, mellow out because I see people coming in. And, um, yeah, we did the math, dude. It's probably like 25, 30 people just at the door. And it's a beautiful thing. 
Awesome. Now that shit that, about me ain't I, so funny I, now, I, is it? I, I, no, so not, funny not anymore, at is it all, dude. Because I remember I'm so exactly. I'm glad I don't do that no more. <laughs> you're about to, what the fuck? <laughs> you jumping back in this shit. No, but I know what you're talking about. It was that night we were at Fusion, and, and you were just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going it on. It was Raymond Orta yeah. again, dog. No, it was. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, was, yeah. Raymond. Yeah. it was Raymond's show. Yeah. <laughs> Another night that that shit happened, it was Jesse Payton at Fusion. Yeah, that didn't turn out to be a that good night, shit though. right there. And I, I remember telling you, bro, fucking relax, Mike, dude. We're here to have fun. Comedy, ha ha. But jokes. that money was a little bit less. I wasn't as stressed about that one because the money was the, the money was less. I wasn't really stressed about that because I was like, if worst case scenario, I could cover that one. Right. The one that got me the most, the one that had me stressed out the most was anytime I did a show with Raymond Orta because his, you know, he demands a big pay for it because, I mean, let's, let's face it, he's, he's a really good comic. Yeah. You know, he, and he knows his value. Yeah, he's, I mean, he knows his worth. And so, so that was always my biggest, because my biggest paydays were, were, my biggest payouts were on those shows. And then, you know, of course, we got other comedians over the time and, and we, we, we expanded, but back to the point is like, yeah, those, those shows when the money's on the line, big money like that is on the line, it stresses you the hell out because you know, you're responsible for that money. No matter right. what, they're not going to take a Well, dog, look, ticket sales weren't where I thought they were going to be. So I can't pay you today. And I, I can't, I, that's why I'm playing with such low money right now. And I'm not saying that I don't want to get to the $10,000 payout range, but even low money, even low money right now is, is if it's coming out of your pocket, it's still it's, money it's still, coming out of your pocket. Exactly. You know? That's why you got to get the venues on board. And I, that's what I'm telling you. Your next business model needs to be, I need a budget. You need right. to give me a budget. Now, we can up that budget if we get bigger names in, but you need us uh, for now for the what you're bringing in. I need a budget for to at least cover the comics, and we'll figure out a way to, for me to get paid off of it later. But right, and and I mean, like I said, man, that is going to release some stress whenever I do decide to pull the trigger on that, and it's going to be soon because that night, bro, I know they sold a lot of alcohol. They sold bottles of wine, dudes, to tables, just. They, they made really good money. And every time I finish a show, I'm, hey, how'd the bar do? Oh, man, we did great. It's the most important thing. Sooner or later, I'm going to fucking, hey, we need to sit down, reevaluate this whole shit, because look at how much money you're making on the nights that I come in with my people. I don't ever see. I mean, there's people in there all the time, but, dude, they're selling a lot of fucking alcohol. Right. Not, not, not the, 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 like, they might have a lot of people coming in and out throughout the night. But not that massive group that you're having at that one time. And they're having they're having a show, man. So like everybody's sitting there for at least three hours, and they're just tossing them back, laughing, having a good time. They're not even thinking about it. They're just here. Give me another one, another one, another one. So yeah, definitely need to need to take that step here soon. And that's going towards like you know the that's that goes towards the learning and growing as you grow. So that yep. thing that's, uh, it, you know tying this all back into the original topic, which was you know not knowing where you're at right now. I think that's the important thing is learning. So like you may not know where you are right now. You may not know who you are, but as long as you're constantly making some kind of progress forward and you're not staying in the rut, then you're doing okay. You can still not know who you are, where you are, where you want to be at. Right. As long as you're making forward progress towards something, then you're still succeeding in my opinion. So for sure. use that next time you get in your mind about, dude, this sucks. I'm not where I'm at. My buddy over here that I graduated with, he's got this and that right now. Why ain't I in that same position right now? That shit eats me alive, dog, because, like, I think I was going to touch on this earlier. Like I said, my chick, she's older, and a lot of her friends are older. They all went to college. They all have their own businesses and shit. And when we're hanging out, everybody's, like, in a little clique talking about their successes and shit. And I'm sitting back like, 
I slang jokes, you know, like it, it, I do electrical, but at the same time, I feel like when I think about it enough, it's like, dude, why, why am I tripping? I'm a boss in my own way. Like I, I handle my own shit. They're where they're at because they had, they had a different route, right? right. See, my path is. Well, I mean, in that in not to interrupt, but you don't know what their opportunities were exactly. for themselves, okay? And w- how they got to where they were at. Uh, and that, that's that's where a lot of people say, you can't compare yourself to other people. You compare yourself to where where you feel like you should be and what you should be doing with what you have. Right. And, you know, you, you're doing that. So you're going you're gonna to put yourself on a path and this is what my goals are and this is where I want to be. And then work from there. You know, and that's another thing, like you said, is is I look at people and I, I see and I try to compare myself to them, but I'm only getting their highlight reel. Like yeah, social you're not media. Getting behind the scenes. I'm not getting behind the scenes, bro. And you're not getting their struggles. Exactly. Their fails. And, and so you don't even know they're happy. Exactly. A lot of people you'd be seeing posting on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, I'm in the Bahamas. Look at me, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But then you don't see behind the scenes where they just in an argument. Do them and their do them and their partner not get along? Do they hate each other outside of the pictures and stuff? Do they have a relationship with it? I mean, there's a lot of different little, you know, things that go on that you don't they hate see. their parents. Exactly, <laughs> you don't know. There's they a lot kick of their dog. They the, kick the their richest, dog. The richest person in the world could be the most miserable person in the world. You exactly. Yeah. So you gotta look at that too. You gotta you gotta look at your blessings for what they are blessings. And appreciate the blessings you do have. And so, you know, as far as like, you know, going through life and like that, you know, set your goals for you. Don't set your goals for the, the guy that you're watching next to you. Yeah. You know, um, another thing that I started doing was actually setting goals for myself. You know, there you go. Um, I had stopped doing stand up for a little while. You know, the whole I was devastated with my first breakup and this and that. And then I, w- I stopped doing stand up like I wasn't doing it. And then finally I was like, man, you know what? I missed the stage. People were talking, man, when you, when's your next show? When's this? When's that? Are you going to come back to stand-up? Did you give it up? And it really pushed me to be like, nah, dude, I was good at this. I'm going to get back at it. I got oh, on. Man. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. First off, I want to say one thing, though. Out of all the people that come to the open mics and come support the shows and shit, who gained their wings as a comedy compadre core member in less than a year. Adrian Molina? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck him. Josh Nicopolis? Oh, shit. You know what? No, but, no, I know. I know you were one of the guys that, that, you know, we brought you on. You did great. And you had your doubts, fucker. You were one of those guys like, hey, man, are you, what are you going to do? You, you love well, this? Okay, you don't no. love this? My doubts wasn't your ability. My doubts was your commitment. Yeah. Because remember, that's, that's when you would come in. Sometimes you wouldn't come in. And I was always about that, man. You got to take it serious. You're going to do it. Take it serious. If you're not, then fuck off, basically, yeah, is what yeah. my, my, my uh, mentality was. I'm and it's let, because I take those comedy bothers seriously. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. He doubts my commitment all the time. Bro. <laughs> I see why, though. I see why. Because he is so pa- He's so passionate about it. Dave, on the other hand, we've the first time I ever did your podcast, way back when, it was like, what, The Experiment? I think. Uh, possibly. Yeah, so. 
<laughs> the, the, the experiment. So he's got a lot of them. Yeah, he, he, they, uh, they well, they, mo- they morph. They, they morph. morph. But he, the first time I was ever on his podcast, he asked me, he goes, what's your goal in all this? You know, like, do, why, why do you do stand-up? What do you want to do? And And I think about that all the time because it's like, what is my goal? Of course, I want the Tonight Show. I want my special. I want this. I want that. But if I if I don't have any of that, I never get the opportunity. I just want to be able to tell jokes and pay at least a couple of my bills. You know what I mean? Like just do it and make some money at it, whatever. But what I've realized now, going back to getting back into comedy, I had to ease my way in, and I was like, you know what? By the summer of twenty three, I'm gonna be back in full force. And how am I gonna do that? I'm not gonna say, and then no disrespect or whatever. I don't get booked a lot. People don't book me. Mike has been saying he's going to book me forever. I just got a phone call. But <laughs> uh, No, and I felt like, how am I going to get booked? I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to book myself. How am I going to do that? Hopefully I have support from friends and family. If not, I'm going to fucking just market the shit out of it on online, flyers, everything, and, and make sure that I make it happen for myself. I did that. That single de Mile show. It happened, boom. From there, working all summer, I haven't stopped. It's been, I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but at least once a month, I'm on stage cracking jokes. And I think my next goal for this year was I'm going to get better at these shows, make a little bit more money off of them, push a little harder to where I can pay at least one bill off of comedy. You know, And that's a good That's a good goal. I mean, that's a good goal. Little... Little goals that are achievable are the best ones because you don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. When you start selling those bigger goals is when, like, it doesn't come in the time frame that you want. Then you kind of get discouraged. That's when you fall into that trap of, man, why am I even doing this? Fuck it. I'm going to quit. I don't even know why. But when you set the smaller goals like that, um, to me, I've never really set a, a goal with comedy. I, I just, I know I love comedy. I know I enjoy what it makes me feel. And I just kind of... It, like again, I, my thing has always been a progress forward. I've always progressed forward on it. Like it, it started off with just doing open mics, and then eventually doing stand up. And, and like you, I wasn't getting booked a lot. And I'm like you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to get booked. I'm going to make my own way, mm-hmm. make my own path. I'm not going to go through somebody else's path to do something where I know I'm funny. Um, and then you know, of course, you always come to that question: Am I funny? Am I funny enough? Yeah. And then the more I've done shows, and and I've and I've been able to travel all over Texas, and now I'm going out of state. Um, I realized that maybe not everybody's perception of what's funny is my perception of funny. You know, and, and, and that, not, not to cut you off, but I remember having that conversation with you. You, you were saying like, oh, yeah, I booked these people. They don't return the favor. Maybe they think I'm not funny. It is what it is. And and you, you're right. Fuck what they think, bro. I think I'm funny. I'm going to book myself. I'm going to make a way. Somebody out there is going to see me and they're going to think I'm funny and and will work and dude that's why i'm so fucking excited for what you have going on you told me before the podcast that you're going to to little out of rock. state little, little rock, rock Arkansas, and that's colorado fucking beautiful that's all with the article 15 comedy tour and that's because my boy eric Knowles is he's he's man i i, I can't give enough uh shout out to eric Knowles because that guy is is seen what i can do on stage he's seen the way the crowd rea- reacts to me and because of that, he's given me so much work. He's, he's put me in touch with agencies. He got me my first agency job. Uh, I actually have an agency number, which is really cool, dude. The That's first time I, to get a paycheck from an agency where it actually has, uh, uh, you have an employee number with yeah. the agency. That was cool as hell, dog. I was like, that, that to me was like, 
Dude, I'm funny. I am. That's I'm not- that's beautiful. Huge shout out to Eric, Eric yeah. Knowles. But at the same time, you made it happen. You did that because you didn't give up on yourself like a lot of these people do. Yeah, like I yeah. see a lot of comics that, oh, I'm not getting booked. Fuck it. I'm just, I guess I'm not funny. And then they quit. Right. No, fuck that, dude. You know you got something. Bring it to the table. Some Somebody's going to see it. In this case, Eric saw it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and, and so that works out for, for me. But like you said, you know, it's just like not everybody's going to get you kind of funny. And and there's in comedy, there's a lot of groups. There's a lot of niches in comedy. And in, and sometimes in clicks. some cases, in some cases, there's there's niches that, that they don't feel like you fit in. And they'll make you feel like an outsider in the comedy scene, regardless whether you're a, com- a comedian or not. They say they're inclusive, but they're really not. It, it, there's a niche, and then they, you don't get included. And I didn't get invited to this birthday party. I didn't get, you know what I'm saying? Bro, That's what it's like. I didn't get invited to the barbecue. It's so fucking, I guess I'm not worthy. It's but high school bullshit, man. A lot of it's like that. Yeah. So you got to make your own way sometimes. And I know a lot of them will hear this. And they'd be like, well, fuck you, you just weren't funny. That's why you're know, not You know what? That, you know and, what? <laughs> and that's one thing I said on the other, and not to cut you off, I, it just I, this pisses me off about the Houston comedy scene. I said it in another podcast, and this my views are not based oh, off of shit, their views. the bourbon's talking. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I said this. Hey, complete, that bourbon get to you. No, <laughs> no and not Kicking even about, ass. you know, I'll put it down. Fuck it. Not it, you can put it down. You already drank it. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 shit already been down. No, I will stand on this without the bourbon. It, it doesn't matter. I said it on another podcast, and Houston comedy is a great fucking market. But great comedy scene. But everybody, I feel, is so clicked up, and it's like, like you said, they make you feel like you're not included. Oh, you're not funny because you don't work here at this club, or you're not funny because you're not on this show every week. But it's all the same fucking four comics at this one club, and and it's like. Dude, for what? Bring some variety in here because, yeah, you four friends or five, y'all think y'all are funny together. Y'all make it happen somehow, some way, but let some other people get an opportunity to come out. That's why, dude, I book anybody. If you're wanting to work, let's do it. I want to see what you have just so that way I can see where I can fit you and the show makes sense. But I'm going to give you an opportunity. I think that's another thing with comedy. Like like I was saying, it's like, you know, some comedy is not for everybody. I think that's a very important thing, too, as a comedian to learn who your audience is. Because I'm not great for every audience. There's mm-hmm. audiences that I know that if I went in front, I'm not going to do very well because they're not going to get my comedy. And so I avoid those rooms because I just and it's not that I'm scared. I mean, I go up there. I'll tell anybody my jokes. I don't care. But, I, you know, my thing is I, I try to be professional. I don't try to set myself for something that I'm not going to succeed. If I know I'm not going to make that that promoter or that 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 producer look good because I know I'm not going to do very good in this room, then I'm probably not going to do right. this room. Yeah. But the that, same- that's a really good point because, you know, you talked about Mike not booking you. I had to prove myself to Mike, too. Right. And he and I were friends in the comedy game. And, and you know, we, we, we came up with the comedy compadres and it's like, Mike's not booking me. Right. And it's like, well, I got, I had to prove myself to him, but it wasn't because it was, you all right? Yeah. I'm trying to find my shit. There <laughs> it is. Okay. But it wasn't because it was Mike didn't think I was funny. It was because Mike had rooms that he needed to, the, 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 the owners of the venue, they needed to see those, those people coming in to bring the sales, ticket sales. 
And so it wasn't a personal thing with me. It was more of, hey, it's a business thing. Right. Well, not and, that, but there are certain rooms that Dave was good for, and there are certain rooms that I knew Dave would not succeed as well. Right. Yeah. I think Dave is funny. I love Dave's comedy. But I do know my rooms, too, and I know what rooms I can put Dave in and what I can't put in. Same thing with you. Yeah. You know, like you are like, well, Mike, ain't, you know, we, but I ain't booked him. But, again, it's a situation where I know which rooms I can fit you in and which ones I can't. And then, too, at the time, it was a commitment thing. And I told you, you just, you know, you weren't committed. So I'm going to bring somebody who's not committed yet, who still, I don't know what I want to be. Do I want to be a comedian or do I want to be this or am I going to do that? Yeah. I want, yeah. And now that I've seen your commitment, then, you know, okay, shit, let's work together because now you're committed. You, you're, yeah. you're taking it finally serious. And so, like, the first room I booked you for is the very newest room that I'm getting I'm because I know you. that you're going to fit I'm that room because that room is going to fit your style because of the what the clientele is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I, I, I try to too. I try to book everything to what I feel is going to fit best. Yeah. And I and I've reached out and I've I've booked other comics before and I brought comics from from all over the scene into rooms and and they did horrible. Mm-hmm. They kill in the rooms that they normally do. But then I brought them out here to to some of the rooms I do because a lot of my rooms are very very different. I have four different areas that I book for. Each area is a different type of clientele. I got Pasadena, which is your blue collar plant workers your 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 salt of the earth your fucking your rustic dudes and and they expect a certain type of comedy they expect a, a certain type of show they're rowdy you can't be you can't be phased real because them motherfuckers will throw shit at you they'll talk shit i mean but that's just that kind of group that i have there they'll fucking shoot you in the parking lot they Fuck if, yeah. if, you, if you fucking piss them off you will like i said the last time i was at that venue i was like bro the last time that i was here i got arrested bro like this shit <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this because it's, it's that a environment. Great room because the crowd there loves comedy. Them guys in Pasadena love comedy. Yeah, they love comedy, and everybody in Pasadena, you know, I don't know. If I grew up in Pasadena. Everybody in Pasadena thinks they're a fucking comedian. Yeah. And so when they come to a comedy show, they don't want to just come see the comedy show. They want to be part of the comedy show. Right. And for some comics, that's kind of hard because they don't know how to take that. Like they're doing their set, and then they'll say something, and it throws them off, and then they get like. Oh man, well they fucked me up because you know they said so. Well, dude, that's that's it. It happens, dog. Well, you just gotta you gotta work through it. I was telling Dave that exact thing on Friday night after the show. I was like, bro, I said I was nervous because I knew that I was tired of saying my set the exact same. It was like a fucking script, bro, and I was sick of it. So I went up there and I was like, I'm gonna try new jokes, and I didn't even go off of like you know they say try a new joke in the middle. No, I opened up brand new jokes and fucking with the audience a little bit. You know, like I said, I was fucking with white people about getting a loan and da da da. But I had to jump out of that comfort zone to see how it would work for me. And I was getting a lot of crowd interaction. And I thought, man, normally I'm not good with this shit, but fuck it. I'm gonna just say whatever comes to my head. And it was working. And I never thought that I would be that comic that's like, okay, fucking heckle me a little bit, you know, and and, and we'll make it work. Because I was so by the script. Right. Nah, dude, after Friday night, I'm going to continue to work on getting out of that and just see what happens. Yeah, and you know again, what I mean? Comedy, again, is, it's subjective. So there's no right way or wrong way, I think, to write comedy. Like you talk to some comics who say, well, you need to work your sets out in, in, in open mics before you do it on stage. Or you need to write your stuff down. Or you need, Everybody has their own way of developing their comedy. Some people do writing. Some people uh, record. Some people do this and that. Everybody does it differently. The thing at the end of the night is if do you make that audience laugh, yay or nay? If mm-hmm. they laugh, then you know I say do what you want to do. I don't care, but you can't 
get angry at the audience for heckling. You can't get mad at the audience for, for saying something when they're responding to the show. Now, they're having a conversation back here that's completely different than the show. Yeah. Hey, shut the fuck up. We're trying to, everybody else is trying to watch the show. Yeah. But if they're in the show and they're engaged in the show, I feel as a comedian, you shouldn't get all pissed off and bent out of shape because they engaged. Right. If they're engaging you. I mean, that, that, that shows that, like, I feel like if you do a, go to a show and, and then, you know, you shouldn't be, like, obviously having a conversation with them. But if you say something that's kind of open-ended, you set it up like that. Yeah. You didn't expect for them to, to respond because you're going to set up for your joke. But you made it open-ended where they got a word in. You can't Don't get, get mad at yeah, them for getting get a word in because you left it open like that. I mean, that's just, you yeah. know. It's all about your delivery. Really. Yeah. So, you know. But uh, that that room is like that. So some comics don't do great in that room. Some comics, go, I've had comics in there that, like I said, they killed in the normal rooms they do. But they come and do that room, and then they just like nobody laughed at their stuff because one, they didn't get the material because it was too far left or whatever for mm -hmm. them. And then so you know they can't. I, I wouldn't bring them back in that room because it, it's not for them. Right. But then I've had them bring bring them to other rooms. You know where the the crowd is a little bit more. They 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 kind of think on that same level. This or that, and they did okay. And then you have rooms like in Galveston. I think everybody does good in Galveston because Galveston, the folks, they just love to laugh. They're, yeah, yeah. they're a happy-go-lucky crowd, and they enjoy their time there. And, and so it's a really great crowd there at, at uh, 23rd Station. Uh, the so one and only time I did that room, 23rd I Station bombed hard. Yeah. I bombed hard in that room. The first and only okay, time. Okay, never mind. So most <laughs> people do good in there. <laughs> no. <except> for, <laughs> well, I don't know. This last show, crowd was a little tough at the beginning. I had them laughing. I had some girl told me that she had wet her pants or something like that. Or, <laughs> dude, it was it was it was it was a fun show. I had fun. It was a lady that was like eighty years old with a diaper. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I take it. Wet is wet. No, remember that. Remember that night that Casey. Hey, they, they, if they would have been there alone, he would have tried to take her. <laughs> no, you know, she's close to my age. I like that. No, I like them. Talk about what? So what gum? What? So what kind of gum and glue do you use? <laughs> Remember that night Casey got kissed there? I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, you weren't. Fucking, we went to uh, to do that show. I bombed that night hard. But uh, That's why he doesn't like that room. No, I don't. Fuck that room. <laughs> I took, it's That's a Dave's great new room. room. I know. It's a great room. I, I mean, I, I, I've i been wanting to go back shout to Shout out my, to 23rd Street Piano Bar. Yeah, shout out. I didn't mean fuck y'all. Like, But I just had a bad experience there. I'm ready to go you back. Had a bad night. I had a, I had had a bad night. night. I did. I, I need to go back, get my redemption, but I don't know. Is it a gay bar? Is it not a gay bar? It's not. It, 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 it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's just all inclusive. Lounge. Okay. It's all inclusive. It's well, all one way or the other. See, whenever I went, I didn't know that it was previously a gay bar. I go up there and I start doing some material and I have this joke where I open up saying, I feel like my girlfriend wants me to be gay. And then I was waiting for a chuckle or two, like, just to kind of, like, set him up for it. I, I don't know what I was waiting for. I left a pause, and this dude from the back goes, yeah, so does everyone else here. <laughs> and I was just like, uh. Yeah, you were getting hit on already, buddy. I, I was like, <laughs> They okay. saw meat on stage. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, you I was, can't open up with a joke looking like that. Renee, I'm just telling you, bro. I'm cute, bro. What the fuck? I, I can't, can't help open it. up with that because they're all like, yeah, we are too. Hurry up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just like, uh, uh, I wasn't, like said, I wasn't prepared. I, it I threw you. It threw me for a fucking loop. And I was just like, okay, next joke. And then I said, I have an aunt. She's a bigger lady. You know, she's kind of hefty. And then I get into this whole thing about a diabetic joke or whatever. And this one chick, she was like in the first fucking table. And she was like, 
you're doing a terrible job of reading your audience. I look down, dude. She's the size of you, bro. Like, big lady, dog. Point me one more time and refer to my. <laughs> 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 that may not be the last time you do on this podcast or. Making gonna, your next show. Hey, he's gonna I'm drop just kick saying, dog. Look, <laughs> it was a big lady, dog. And I was just like, fuck. Another, uh, I wasn't prepared for it. And I just kind of like gave that up. Was that, that was early. That was way early. But at the same time, it still haunts me to this day. So I need to get back out there and fucking redeem myself. Yo, what, she, hey, what if you go back and you do that joke again and she's right there in the front row again? You still haven't learned? <laughs> You gotta buy your drink. Dude. I'll be like, no, I told that joke because I saw you here. <laughs> come meet me concerned. at the come meet me at the bar afterwards. I'll I got get you an a drink. shot for you. Dang, that's funny though, man. So, all in all, dude, I think today's purpose or today's slurring overall um, slurring. Huh? You slurring your words? I always slurring towards the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, only that is just that. I've learned that as I talk more and more that um, over time I kind of do start to slur my words. <laughs> I talk a lot. So it doesn't have to do with the bourbon? It has nothing to do with the bourbon. Absolutely yeah. not at all. It, it, it's like my, I get is tongue twisted. It, is it because of your size? It could be that. <laughs> Honestly, it, it could be. It could be. I, I got, I got, I'm a little guy, bro. I'm already feeling this I, shit. I have, I have a wake apnea. Awake apnea. Yeah, I'd be awake. As opposed like, to sleep apnea. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying that. I was saying is it... The bourbon didn't hit you because of your size. No, it's because I'm a fucking man. No, fuck. I'm, I'm a bitch, bro. I Straight know. Straight up. And We've I, been saying this for years. Hey. He usually behind your back, but now I'm glad we can say it forward. Let me, let me, let me tell you, the first couple of episodes, yeah, he, he was not good. No? No. He's, well, okay, he's gotten well, better. Let, you know what? But let's tell him how much we drank on those first couple of episodes. Yeah, hold on. You know what I've noticed right off the rip before we started this podcast? He was... Lucky go happy Mike, man. Just talking, talking, talking. We started this. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Mike Sanchez. His whole fucking voice changed. And I was like, okay, do I got to do that shit too? Fuck no. This is my podcast voice. Your podcast voice. I got it. You are now too. So I've been told, even when I'm on stage, my voice changes a little bit on stage because of the fact that I have to slow things down Mm -hmm. and I've learned to enunciate. So for me to, like, when we talk normally. Enunciate. I was going to say that too. Enunciate. 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 It's whatever. It's Seven drawers. Tomato. Tomato. Okay. But the point being is I have to make it to where everybody you stand corrected. what I'm saying. <laughs> so I've learned that I have to talk in a certain way and be more intent on what I'm trying to say. That way it comes across better. That's another thing that I had, dude. Whenever I first got into comedy, I would hit the mic running dude, i know i talk fast and i and i would catch myself and it was really like pissing me off because nothing pisses me off more than like tripping over my words and i was doing that so much really young and in, in, in the whole comedy thing and i've really like stepped back because i listen to myself and i'm like what the fuck bro you remember when he first uses when he first got on the stage with us out there at fusion and he was doing his jokes and he would do the 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 joke about his mom. And he would do his mom's voice. Yeah, I could never tell the difference between his mom's voice and his natural voice wow. during that Neither time. Neither can I. It was, it was even to this day. I was like, dude, what are you? Mijo. What, I, yeah, it sounded the same throughout the whole show because he was like, and and my wheels, and I'm like, what the she called me the other day, and I said, Renee. My balls have dropped since then. We good now. Well. All right, guys, so it looks like we're coming to the end of the show right now. So, um, again, 
Renee, thank you, thank you for joining us today. We do greatly appreciate it, man. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, for those listening, can you tell them where they can find you, where they can follow you, how they can find out more information about Renee Diaz Productions? Yes, dude. Follow me at on Instagram at Renee Diaz Comedy. Real easy. R-E-N-E-D-I-A-Z Comedy. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, Renee Diaz. You'll see a picture of me with a fucking blazer on and a beer looking like half a fag. Um what else do I have? Snapchat, Renee Diaz Comedy. And I'm always posting on all three platforms. Just stay, come to the next show. If I'm on a show. Where is your hey, next show? My next show is February 23rd at Saloon Door. We got myself hosting. We got David Nunez featuring. Yeah, yeah. And then we have. Um, what? Yeah, dude. I asked featuring? him. I was, like, I was like, do you have 25 minutes? He goes, Fuck I'm sure. Can you stay awake for 25 minutes? <laughs> I'm going to take a nap before the show. <laughs> Oh, shit. No, and then we got my boy, man, my fucking brother. I love him to death. Diego Texas Chuckle Morales. That dude is an absolute murderer. Texas Chuckle? No, literally. He's got the time to show it. Bro. Love, Tex- <laughs> love Texas Chuckle. I call him Chuckle Fuck. Chuckle Fuck. Yeah, Chuckle Fuck. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. when he laughs, you want to fuck him? No, just uh, he's a Chuckle Fuck because the girls want to fuck him. Oh. That's it, yeah. man. As soon as he gets them chuckling, man. Hey, but listen. This is his first time ever headlining. He's doing 45 minutes for the first time in his career. This is going to be... Oh, he, it's, it's going to be a first. He's good for it. It's going to be a first because this will be a first time head, uh, featuring. Your head, first time featuring, right? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited for this I would go show. just to see Dave feature. Dude, that's what I, I was like. Are you sure? He's like, man, I got it. Are you doubting me? Fuck I was like, you yeah. know what? You're right. Fuck yeah, you got it. Start the day before the show, he's like, hey, look, man, um... I got to go to College Station that day, so I'm not going to be able to make it after all. You got to find another feature. No, I'm, I'm going to be no, like, Mike. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Mike. No, but um, if you want to catch me live, dude, for free to come see me work out material, I do host an open mic every Monday night at Preamble Cocktail Lounge. That is That just started last week. It's It's a lot of fun. Come out, show some support, listen to these guys work on their material, man. I'll be there Monday. Hell yeah. Yeah, working on his forty-five. On his twenty-five minutes, minutes my yeah. forty-five. I'm gonna work on my forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, again, brother, so, thank you about it. We appreciate you. Thank yeah, you. today, Oak and Eden, the finished whiskey with the coffee steeped oak. This shit was good. That shit got me fucked up, and I'm still on my first glass. It was a good. It was a good bourbon. I'm telling I don't you, know dude, I liked it. Oh, it it was good. And uh, what were the cigars again? Uh, the cigars today, the ones that we had were from the. Uh, where's the damn label there, man? No, I'm bad with memories. He's, stolen, he's thrown, fucked up. stolen throne cigars. So stolen throne cigars, and yeah. this one that we were smoking today was the uh, Maduro uh, Crook of the Crown. So yeah, I think it was awesome. I had no, I, it was good. I got oh, mine I down did. to the nub, dog. I got it all the way Dude, down to the nub, and it was. Shit. Oh, we all smoked it down. It was really good, it and was, like I right, said, like after a while, you forgot you were even smoking it. It was just natural. It was so just smooth, and it had a really good taste. The beginning, it really scared me because I don't really like too much spicy pepperness, but. It really mellowed out. It was super creamy. Kind of got a creamy kind of. That yeah. 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 It was good. So uh, I enjoyed it too. I thought I would it was definitely a great cigar. smoke this again. I, I mean, for the price point, dude, it's amazing. It's only, like I said, it was a $10 cigar for that price point. That's, that's, that should be in your humidor for like every day, every, you know. You know what? I didn't even ask you guys on this podcast. And I'll ask you off the podcast. I know we got to wrap it up. We'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask you. Be- because I, I think it would be a good podcast topic. Okay. Okay. Um, so we'll bring it up next time then. Okay. So next cool. time we have Dave on, or next time we have Renee on, we'll do this again. Um, so again, guys, 
Okaneedon. What 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 which I mean it's Okaneedon is a brand, but what was what, what bottle were we drinking? Which one was this? Well, again, <laughs> because I had already said because it. motherfuckers don't listen. Because okay, maybe listen. the bourbon is hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, coffee steeped oak bourbon and brew. Yeah, that was a good Here one. Go. That was Got a really good one. I'm, 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 I'm going to put that. a picture out when we when we promote. Yeah, that was a yeah. bottle yeah, yeah, definitely in there, bro. For sure. And uh, again, so like I said, and then we had the uh, we had the um, uh, stolen stolen throne cigars with the uh, we were smoking the crook of the crown, which is the uh, Maduro with the Indonesian binder and the Nicaraguan uh, uh, filler. So great freaking cigar, great freaking bar- uh, bourbon. I think it was a great pairing all together. Again, thank you, Renee, for joining us on the podcast today, bro. We had a blast. It thank was good you for having up. me, bro. Like, I mean, I, I'm always down to have a good conversation with some good people. For sure. And uh, so till next time, it's Dave Jokes. Follow me on Instagram at Dave underscore jokes. And Mike Sanchez. And we'll catch you all next time. Peace. Later. We out.